You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. It is February 19, 2019. I think this is episode 342. I'm not totally sure. We're going to talk about Trump's national emergency. We're going to update you on the Green New Deal. Uh, we're going to talk to you about uh, talk to you about the Chris Spangle renovation project. Quite, quite the project happening over here. Harry's with me, and we have all kinds of great information for you on the other side of this. Warning, this show is for adults, produced by semi-adults, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to We Are Libertarians, where our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective while treating modern politics with all of the irreverence it deserves. There has been lie after lie. We toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, a 15-year veteran of politics and media, Chris Spangle. <laughs> I thought my thought my mic was muted. <laughs> that level of professionalism all of you have come to listen to. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody hold on. Harry Price, how are you tonight? Going good, going good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm a little uh, out of sorts, but I don't think that's out of that's abnormal. I'll just shut that off. I, there you go. <laughs> that that accidental sigh that you heard was wow. <laughs> that was uh, that was how I truly feel on the inside. I uh, I'm sorry. We we are live on YouTube right now, and. Um, I forgot to turn it on for them, so they're now getting the audio feed. Oh, sweet. Uh, we're getting yeah. audio. Yeah. Instead of... <laughs> 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 See, what you guys might have missed, uh, you you might have missed me starting the program going... <laughs> that sigh was so genuine <laughs> so you see we have these little mute buttons and so i thought i had muted myself mm-hmm. and uh wow you are loud am i you, you are you're a little too loud now well um yeah so i did that on purpose uh, through the magic of editing uh sorry to our youtube audience but uh through the magic of editing uh you you have no idea that we uh, re- really kind of restarted this episode over <laughs> So, 
Uh, no, I was I was overjoyed to walk into my workplace this morning and see the lovely Christy Avery, the the lovely Rachel Valor, the lovely Lisa Joe Crosby. I forget what her new last name is, uh, and surprisingly, no Miranda Barnett, <laughs> who who didn't wake up till eleven uh, and totally missed her opportunity to come in and meet. I had been bragging about her and her comedic stylings to one Tom Griswold mm-hmm. two weeks ago. And it would have been a great opportunity for her to meet him, but uh, she overslept, so <laughs> that's the, them's the breaks. Typical comedian. But Christy showed up with a cake that, A, I'm not kidding you, was the best cake I have ever eaten in my life. Like, it was, it was German chocolate, and it had two memes on it. Oh, it had my chocolate. Twitter profile, Alfred E. Newman picture, and it had me as a cherub. And nobody would touch the cake because <laughs> it had my naked body on it. Um, so she she bought, she was generous and donated several hundred dollars to a charity and, and got to come and see the show that I work for this morning mm-hmm. and uh, brought a few We Are Libertarians listeners. But everybody everybody was like, Spangle's friends are in the break room. Like it's a scarlet letter, Harry. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it is Spangle if we're, uh, you know. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Nothing. I got some photos. <laughs> I told you to stop hacking into my uh, <laughs> my uh, drop cam. Um, yeah, no, so it was good to see her, but uh, it's just been a long week, and it's Tuesday, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very tired already. I see that you're very tired. You still haven't made your bed. You got your bed roll out still here. That's in the a yoga room. mat. Oh, I figured you were just taking my advice to finally moving out of the studio. No, see, the studio is my bedroom. That's where I sleep, and I uh, pray, and I do other things in there. And that's my bedroom. I'm not going to move the studio into my bedroom and my bed out to here. I do want to eventually not be single. Didn't you have this conversation of you not using this whole area for like five days? I do I, I do use this area. The, the yoga mat is part of Chris Spangle Clean Life mm-hmm. 3.0. Hashtag Clean Life. Right. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm not doing well at keto. I'm, I'm, I've hit a 100 carbs a couple days this Whoa. month. But uh, the, today being one of them. Mm. <laughs> I haven't gotten to the point where I, I can, I can uh, like, do a diet. Yeah. When I can't cook. Like, I'm not at that point yet. I think if you do any kind of diet and you try to eat healthy, there are just days where you're, like today, I, I had a little time to cook, but like yesterday, there was no time. There's no time to cook whatsoever. And that's why I like keto, you know? Right. I've, you know, I'm on 20, the 24 hour fasting cycle right now again. Ugh. So I'm not eating for 20 hours of the day and just eating in the four. Right. You know? So like right now, it's a little difficult to me because the only thing I'm thinking about right now is food right. and how to get more food. You know, because I'm in my four-hour window, but... I got some pork rinds in there if you want some. Trust me. You know, like, I'm thinking about it. I go saw, ahead. Smash I, some. Oh, yeah. Just right here. Just right here. Just, Seriously. Put, just smash some. You know? Go, go. I, I had... I ate all the Epic, mm-hmm. which are great. Okay. Uh, so I just have the the uh, Meyer left over. There's some oh, shit. If you go to Meyer, did you get any of the small batch um, pork rinds? Yeah, I did. The, yeah. the Korean barbecue, yeah. Mm-hmm, the cream yeah. and the spicy dill pickle ones. Yeah. If you I go on those. if you go on their website, they also have recipes. Uh, I was scared to try a pork rind a week or two ago and then I was like, this is pretty pretty tasty. Right? Yeah. So no, 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 go ahead. I, I I implore you, go on top of the fridge. You're hungry. I want you to be able to eat. So, so pick pick a a, a, a 
flavor of your choice. So we're undergoing the uh, the clean life. So I've been trying to get my diet right. I went to the gym, which is why my hair looks like this. Uh, I went to church this weekend. I went to a home group. I went to. I've been exercising every day. I've I'm I'm trying to to get after. I I did a budget today, Harry. Okay, that's more shocking than the uh, keep the clean life, Harry. When you write out everything that you bring in and everything mm-hmm. that you put out. And then you cancel all the things that you, after you've written them out, you go, I don't need this because I don't use it. Right. Does it feel great? And then you look at how much is left over. You have two, you either, you're in two brackets. You're either, ooh, I got to keep cutting, <laughs> which I'm fortunately not in. Uh, I was until about the last two years. And then now I'm in the, why am I feeling broke? <laughs> right. you, you go, oh, I can pay off debt so yeah so i'm just i don't know i uh no don't mute it let's hear it let's hear it let the people hear it (laughs) that's bad audio no one more let's just really let them have it (laughs) i don't know why that makes me laugh uh, the time I ate Chick-fil-A in front of Brett Bittner when he started keto mm-hmm. is still one of the funniest moments on the show, but man, people were mad that I was eating on on the air. But uh, with the ketogenic, if you get into the intermittent fasting cycle, you just go without eating. I'll get there. I'll get, I, I'm, I'm working my way. See, here's how I work. I just start. I just start things. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a Seth Godin video that um, he spoke at 99U, and it, just look up "just ship it" Seth Godin video. Uh, I'll fi- I'll find you the exact title. And I watched this like two years ago. I I, I go through these periods of self growth, and then I go through periods where I'm not growing because mm-hmm. I'm really good at at. Uh, just being a lazy piece of garbage. Uh, Seth Godin, Quieting the Lizard Brain on YouTube. It's about 18 minutes, 33 seconds. And I, one break, was uh, in 2016 just feeling like garbage. And no, it was 2017, feeling like garbage. And I watched Jiro Loves Sushi. Okay. And it's this great documentary about the world's greatest sushi chef and his obsession with his craft. And that is that was so inspiring to me. And I was like, I want to be as dedicated to my craft as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just don't know how, though. And then, like, two days later, I watched this Seth Godin video about software engineers. You, you, in software, you just ship your product. Because if your product is perfect, it's never going to ship. <laughs> you, you can go back and fix the bug updates. Like you, That's why we have app updates. Because once you deploy, we just deployed an app at work. And it's like... You you never know what's going to break when you go out to the thousands of combinations of devices and software and everything. So, mm-hmm. And so I just have a theory in life now where I just start it. And so if, if I'm trying to be perfect and be under 20 grams of carbs every day, it feels like prison. But I work my way towards that and finally get to that place. And there are times where sometimes it leads you that 80-20 rule. Leads you to to go, eh, but I'm in the 20%. And you just have to get a hold of yourself and say, no, I'm not doing this. But I think it's important to to take control of your 
emotional life, your spiritual life, your mental, intellectual life, mm-hmm. your physical life, your work life. Like I just think your family and friend life, your social life. I think these are very important things to like sit down every once in a while and go, am I doing my best in these various areas? And every December, it's a resounding no. (laughs) And every January, I go, here's the plan. Mm -hmm. And then every February, I start to do it. Okay. And I do really well. Mm -hmm. uh, And I make significant progress. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of slack for a couple months because I get distracted with We Are Libertarians or this or that. Mm -hmm. And then I go back to the plans that I had previously written out. And then by December, I got to retool it a little bit. So. What if I recommend maybe you need to do a Spangle meeting at least the first of the month, you know, just to make sure you're back on track, to re, you know, to make I, sure you're doing right? I it's, have the benefit of doing that. My my plan is to have a meeting every day. At the end of the day, I have no kids. I have no wife. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of responsibilities, but I'm fortunate in that when I am home, and this is also part of the problem, when you live alone... Nobody there is kicking your butt telling you to do better. True. So there's nobody saying, like, clean your clean your house, or you've worn that for the, sa- for the last three days, or are you just going to sit there and watch TV instead of reading? You know, like, I, I love We Are Libertarians because it keeps me intellectually accountable. Like, there's very few times that I can sit here and, and fudge it. Uh, now we will tonight, but, uh, I, I have built mechanisms like the research team that help me give you a great show, even when I'm distracted with other things in my life. Uh, so, so I just, I, I, but I have the ability to take an hour in the evening mm-hmm. and just have some quiet time, put my phone on silent, put it in another room and mm-hmm. walk away, you know, but even if I think if somebody had 15 minutes to go, here's my goals. Here's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Here's here's what will support these areas of my life that I need to fix or I need to keep keep up. I think it's important. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do you have a self meeting time? Yes. Yes, I do. What is it? It's four thirty in the morning every day. Oh. All right, you're you're an annoying asshole. That's like that's the kind of answer that you're like. Well, yes, I have my uh, morning devotional with my coffee at 4.30 in the morning, and then I do 45 minutes of yoga, and uh, then I have my buttered coffee, and then I feel ready for my day. But, uh, you know, then I do 8,700 push-ups, and yeah. then it's 8, p- 8 a.m., and I'm ready to go to work. And uh... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. You got my day right. Then, then right. I'm ready to go to work, 8 o'clock, 8.30. I've got a stand-up meeting with the uh, Pennsylvania and Dallas uh, um um, operations team, and then at nine o'clock, I have to stand up with an uh, IT indie team, and then I um, go to meetings. Anyway, so but, yeah, but that's yeah, my tell, fun life. T- tell us about how you are accountable with your goals. I write them down, and at four thirty in the morning, I go to the corner, which I cry in, and I <laughs> read my goals, and I look at my goals, and I say them aloud. Um, so I know what I have to do and what I have to accomplish for that day to make sure these goals happen in the time frame that I want these goals to accomplish it. Like uh, my big, my big, big one right now that I'm working on is finish paying off the house in the next two years. Right. So I'm really so hopefully at age 35, I have my house paid off. So zero debts, complete zero debts. Kathy, Casey, Katie, the girl with three names uh-huh. on YouTube, lazy piece of garbage. Quote, this show was made for me. Welcome. This is not people trying to be perfect. This is 
Pieces of garbage trying to crawl out of the trash can. That's what We Are Libertarians is about. Yeah, working hospice there. <laughs> right, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, and with your budget, I am proud of you doing the every dollar method. And it's a great, getting out of debt is the most liberty thing you can do for your entire life. I agree. I really do agree. I think uh, I have been thinking deeply about libertarianism less as... Mm-hmm. I don't know, something in me switched over the last several months, and I think it is being so deeply into the news and the headlines for about a year and a half and watching it, and then kind of saying, I feel like I'm going crazy right now, uh, stepping back a little bit and kind of examining, like, what's the cause here, what's the root cause, and it always comes down to something that we've always said on the program, which is, the world is made up of individual choices, and every single individual choice makes up a society. You know, the, the, the FBI or the CIA employee that decided that he wouldn't hand over the intelligence, he or she wouldn't hand over the intelligence to the FBI and Ali Soufan and his anti-terrorism department, that one person's decision led to the 9-11 terrorists not being arrested when they tried to enter the country, which led to 9-11 happening. Right. That's one person's pride mm-hmm. causing an entire nation to have 20, 20 years of war and surveillance. And, and and so each and every one of us, our, our decisions, it's like at work. If you're having a bad time at work, if you're not a good employee, well, it's that decision not to not to return that email. I can do that in the morning or that decision not to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Well, a hundred decisions a year to not go to the gym or 365 decisions to not get your physical life in order means that when you're 65 and you have pneumonia and you're in the hospital, your lungs don't have the muscular strength to cough up the phlegm. And so you die of the pneumonia. Like it's made up of those little individual choices. And I think as libertarians, it's important for us to understand the importance of personal growth. And I think, I, I really think for me, the uh, the red hat situation with the Indian on the steps, like that was a moment for me when I went, ooh, okay, I'm going with the crowd too much. I'm I'm too. I'm too invested in the in the everyday out like I don't know what happened with this Jussie whatever guy who faked his own <laughs> beating up. I just have not paid attention to it because I, I just I just made the conscious de- conscious decision to say this isn't not my circus, not my monkeys, as the Polish mm-hmm. say. Like <laughs> there's just I just don't care. I know that Kim Kardashian just wore a ridiculous outfit. I just don't care and have not released through my PR people on Twitter, an opinion about it. Like, I think the idea that every one of us has our own little PR department through our Twitter and our Facebook, and we have to have an opinion on everything, those those individual opinions add up to a consensus in society that sometimes is harmful for, for us all. And so I've just tried to focus less on everybody else's business and more on my business. And I think that's like the most libertarian thing that anybody who's listening can do. Mm-hmm. It starts with you and your family and the hundred people that are involved in your life and the people that want to be involved in your life mm-hmm. and would like you involved in theirs. Mm-hmm. That's your world. Right. But when you start trying to 
insert yourself into other people's lives and tell them how to live, that's unlibertarian. Like, I'm not against getting involved in a lot of these discussions because I do think there's a lot of benefit for libertarians to wade into the culture wars and to present and to figure out what what a free world would look like because it's getting rid of government doesn't solve any problems if our only goal is to get rid of the government like what are we gonna how are we gonna structure society on the other side of that so um and i think a lot of that is is good like i think me too has been good in in a lot of ways i I don't know about you but i i think i'm more mindful of how i treat the women in my life Mm -hmm. you know but at the same time it gives me an opportunity to say to the women in my life, when you do these things or talk about men in this way, it has this effect on me. And I think it's made them more mindful of how they start talking to us. So I think there's been beneficial things like that, that, mm-hmm. that, that have helped, you know? So, um, but yeah, I think personal growth mm-hmm. is the foundation of building a libertarian society because yep. you, you, you can't force other people to start doing for you. You have to learn to do for yourself. And if you're going to tell everybody else, I need you to live this way, but then you're a mess. Correct. <laughs> like, yeah. You're clean a hypocrite. Your right. um, the clean, other, clean your room. The other thing with that I also say is uh, being reference or giving, um, like leaving, leaving uh, an opinion. Not what is a, uh, a review is, all, un, uh, is a good libertarian thing to do as well. Because being a reference for a, a company is also good. 80, 89th episode, and you still haven't turned uh, turned your phone on silent. My God. So it is the... <laughs> I had a... I just, I brought to my attention because the ISP that my company uses asked me if I would be a reference for them. As Gary hit back, no. <laughs> that's too much work. I don't feel like doing it. But I was like, that's very, it's kind of unlibertarian because, you know, they're not using like some government force to make people take this ISP. You know, there's no government regulations like how oh, this is the only ISP. No, they're in a marketplace. They're trying to compete. You know, I think the best thing I can do is like, yes, I'm getting good, good service from it. This is the experience I've had with these people. Yes, you can have another company call me and I'll tell you the good experience that I've had with, this, with them. Yeah. You know? I mean, for me, I've preached for months, you know, you've got to build communities. Mm-hmm face-to-face communities yeah and last you know i've gone to this church since 2005 and i don't know anybody there yeah and so i went to a, ch- a church group last night uh, people my age and mm-hmm. it was i had a great time and i now have uh you know like half a dozen other people that that uh, on a weekly basis i'll get to meet and we have shared values and mm-hmm. and it's like for, i was embarrassed and shy about saying this here but also about going and about it's uncomfortable all of it but at the end of the day it's like i say these things should i not do it tomorrow i'm going to uh, a, a local food and clothing shelter mm-hmm. is having an orientation meeting do i want to stay at home and not go of course i do but i'm going to go because yeah. i think being charitable is important. Like I think it it will give me a lot of experiences to talk about here. Mm-hmm. It will give me a lot of experience life wise. Yes, that I think will benefit me. Correct. While I'm benefiting other people, and mm-hmm. so I'm taking these steps of the things that I've talked about here, but have not done, and I'm trying to actually put them into practice. Uh, so, so hopefully you'll do the same. I think uh, you know, love to hear from you if you if you've. 
if if you've heard some of the things that we've talked about and you've been inspired to make some changes, then please get in the group and make a comment or send in an email. Uh, we have, uh, let me see here. Um, Harry, I mean, what are, are, do you set goals? Like, what's your goal this year? Let's see. The overarching goal of, um, I've got to go for this for, is to purchase another vehicle, a family vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one goal. The other goal is to attain, um, let's see, my ITIL service design certification this year. Mm-hmm. Cause I already got ITIL foundations. The, so those are basically, that's one of my personal goals. That's a, that's a purchase goal. So I'm saving it up, you know, so one, one's controlling my money supplies to make sure I can purchase this van. And the other one is controlling my free time. So like I'm studying for this certification test. Right. Which it's an open book test. So it should not be that bad. So. All right. Very good. What else? What are some, what are some other things that you're doing? Another goal? No, no. Those are my two overarching goals that I'm willing to share on the show. <laughs> All right, all right. I just want you to fill time so I can find this thing that I want to read. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I apologize. No, it's okay. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I didn't. Well, because I want to get, I want, I'm, I'm trying to buy a new mini. I want to buy a minivan. I know I have a station wagon. Wait, I think about. I want to buy a minivan. I want to get a minivan. I, you know, I support this, and let me tell you why. Because you haven't, you have a baby, mm-hmm. a very small baby. Yes. And, like, my car from 2014, Mm -hmm. the safety between my car and a new car would be massive. But I I feel like, you know, with a kid, the age that you have, like, I just think, uh, safety-wise, driving around in a 1986 vehicle... 93, sir. Either way is uh, not not the best. So I I like that. It has airbag. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it has one single airbag, but it's a super, so it's already built safe. And I'm not, I'm getting the minivan not for the safety feature. I'm getting it because this, uh, I want something a little larger. Okay. I'm finding the constraint with, uh, Lacey's family. Um, two of her, um, a lot of her family don't drive for separate. She's got members of her family that don't drive cars. Okay. They don't. So they have to go get them. And it's very hard to put all of them in the back seat. Of you know either the station, so either you have to take the station wagon and her focus, you know, and it gets kind of cramped. So I'm just gonna get, I'm gonna buy a minivan. All right, you're gonna be that guy now. Yes, so I'm gonna get my minivan, which I haul the family around in. I'm gonna also gotta get my New Balance shoes. Are you considering more children? No, no. I, I didn't think so. No, 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 no. I I probably would if I knew I was guaranteed uh, a son to make. Uh, Lacey happy. Uh huh. I was guaranteed, like I could just like pick it out. But you know, I'd be happy with two daughters. I think it'd be awesome. I have two nieces. They're you great. Know? I yeah. think it'd be awesome. But I know Lacey would probably want me to keep going till she gets a son. And you know, you know, what's I know- wrong with a litter? Have a small litter. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. You can afford it, probably. But no. Uh, so. One opportunity for everybody to give. We have a member of the We Are Libertarians family. Uh, this we've almost raised all the money for this person. Um, uh, you can send me an an email at editor at wearelibertarians dot com if you want to participate. But we have a member of the We Are Libertarians family who is a listener who is leaving an abusive marriage, 
and is trying to hire a lawyer. It's a cross-state situation, so the lawyer's kind of expensive. And I can tell you in my work with uh, with women leaving these situations, the guys usually end up well-funded and the women don't. Uh, and so we want to be... Uh, we want to be their backup. So we only have $300 left to raise for this person. Um, in five days, the We Are Libertarians group has raised, I would say, probably about half of the 2700 uh, knowing there's a $500 donation. No idea if that's from us or not, but there's a wall listener, 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 there's me. Like, you know, looking at this list of people who have donated... You know, people like Jason Doolittle, Brittany Lyons, um, Catherine Iverson, Kate Ryan, um, Carly Hogan, uh, Daniel Davis, Amanda Jordan, Ryan Lindsay, Charles Hagerman, you know, Christy Avery. These are these are libertarians who are helping another libertarian through a tough time. Uh, we want to start doing more of this kind of thing. I can tell you that this is an actual need. This is uh, definitely going to somebody who needs the the help. So if you'd like to help close the gap on that $300 or even give more, then I'm sure it will be greatly appreciated. I'm talking to this person tomorrow. Uh, they are well taken care of in terms of their uh, safety and also their personal needs because of a solid family just looking to help fight the custody battle that comes and make sure that they're on a on a financially stable platform. So uh, if you are able and willing, then please send me a link. I'm obviously not going to blast this out there for privacy reasons, uh, but I will send you the link if you email me or direct message me at, at uh, Facebook or email me at we are li- at, yeah, we are libertarians at Gmail or editor at wearelibertarians.com. goes to the same place. Um, you know, I got a nice note from a new patron... Uh, speaking of which, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, he actually just uh, sent me another note. Jason Harold wrote, and I, I didn't clear this with him, so maybe I shouldn't read this. <laughs> New patron member here for both Boss Hog of Liberty and We Are Libertarians. I just want to say thanks for what you do. Also, I completely agree with your inter- introduction on the Patreon about living uh, living to keep your family free. That is what my wife's and philosophy, uh, that's our philosophy, and it's working out great. So he has become a patron. If you're a patron and you want to let us know why you're a patron, we'll read it here on the show. Send me an email with that. I'd love to read that on on here. Thank you, especially to Ed Brehob, intern Ed, $100 a month, uh, Memerty Libs. <laughs> I hope I said that right, $100. Libertarian Coalition. Those are two two Facebook pages you should follow that support the show. Liberty, Libertarian Coalition's doing great work, really starting to beef up their platform. Uh, so check them out. Memerty Libs has all your best uh, Memerty Lib Libertarian memes. Uh, Christy Avery, Craig DaCosta, and Jason Doolittle. Thanks to all of them for being one hundred dollar a month subscribers. Especially the lovely Christy Avery for bringing me the best cake I've ever had in my life. I'm not just saying that because she's a hundred dollar a month patron. Uh, it is important for you to become a patron because we have bills to pay. This takes a lot of time for me and for other people. Uh, you know, we we are a growing media outlet, and it is. I'll tell you what, when you give and you invest in what we're doing, 
you feel a part of it. You feel more um, engaged in what we're doing in in the various areas of the community. So, you know, even if it's a dollar a month, five dollars a month, you feel more of a part of this. And so just like Jason, we'd love for you to join at WeAreLibertarians.com or go to Patreon and look us up. And uh, we thank you so much for supporting our work and independent media here at We Are Libertarians. Uh, so, Harry, how are you doing? You, you know, look like you have something to say. Um, I, just, I don't know if you know this, but German chocolate cake is one of my favorites. Is it? Yeah. I should have brought you some. I wish I had known that. But you're not. You're keto, so I wouldn't have. I didn't want to bring it to my house because there is a slim chance it would have made it to you. <laughs> Probably would have eaten it and just broke keto for Cr- it. Christy is the reason I was over a hundred grams of carbs today. But mm. it was I'm not I'm not kidding you. If there's you'll have to to swing by because I have a mic yeah. to give you anyways uh, tomorrow uh, afternoon maybe uh, and get some of the leftovers if there is any left. It's great. Who's the mic for? You. I don't need a mic. Yeah, you do. Because I heard you on that last time you 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 My skyped mic is in. Perfectly fine. You don't have a mic. You're, I do have a mic. No, the mic that you have sounds like absolute garbage. Um, I'm not having this fight with you on air. Yeah, right. Because you know <laughs> I'm mic, right. My mic is amazing. Um, I have an amazing mic. It has the best mic. People tell me all the time how good I sign on my mic. Uh, yeah, but uh, Lacey usually goes to the Heidelberg and gets me a German co- chocolate cake. How is theirs? I bet that's pretty good. It's really, really good. I usually um, make myself a bubble bath and sit inside the my bubble <laughs> bath with a bottle of champagne and eat my German chocolate cake alone. Harry, I have never met anybody like you. What do you mean? What, what do I do? Uh, I'm just a guy. <laughs> you just you're you're not a weirdo. You're just a different person than anybody I've ever met. I'm just. That was a Kroger. Wait a minute, Christy. That was a Kroger cake. That was a Fort Wayne Kroger cake. Mm, mm, that was Kroger better cakes. than Cake Bake, which is like if you go to Cake Bake and if you had bought that cake, she spent around forty dollars on that cake today. Yeah. If she had gone to Cake Bake, it would have been three hundred dollars, and I'm Oof. not kidding. Like Oof. it was better quality cake. The cake was so moist. The German chocolate icing wasn't like gross premium. It was that pro- homemade. Yeah, yeah, that like gritty, gross. It was living coconut. The Kroger's, they, they bake in there. Have you ever been to the Kroger's late at night? They bake in there. Uh, I try to stay out of that section because when I walk through the bakery section this yeah. month, mm-hmm. I am drooling. Yeah, if you get there like late at night, like early in the morning or late at night, if you have a 24 hours Kroger, you know, they're baking. It's right. a, it's an amazing smell. It's amazing to get in there and pull some stuff off off there fresh, or get there late at night when they just toss them. Like, oh, this is old bread, and you're just like, I'll just take these. This is going to be bread pudding now. Thank you. All right, let's let's get to and hey, if you if you can't join the Patreon, by the way, please just share the show. Yes, spread it. Word of mouth is, is like the best thing that you can do. You know, send it to a friend privately and say, hey, I think you'd get something out of this. Mm-hmm. This show's great. You were asking me about politics. These guys talk a lot about a stu- about stuff. They're they're not crazy. They're they're relatable. Like, you know, send it on out. And and if you do want to join the Patreon last week, you got an extra hour of the show with Hody and mm-hmm. Harry and Reinhold and myself. Uh, this week, you're getting an extra hour of the League of Liberty where I talk with. This week on the League of Liberty, okay, it, it's it's you know our friends at uh, the Lava Flow podcast, Roger mm-hmm. Paxton. Mm-hmm. It is 
Mark Claire, the beautiful Mark Claire from the Lions of Liberty, and it's Johnny Rocket mm-hmm. from Blast Off, right? From Launchpad Media, and we decided we didn't. We never have a plan, but we ended up talking about the four most offensive or the four most controversial things. We started with abortion. Oh. Third rail. We basically talked about, like, what's your hang-up? Like, every libertarian has that one thing where they're impure. And Roger's was abortion. Mm. Roger admitted to impurity on this League of <laughs> Liberty. It was crazy. Uh, immigration. Johnny has trouble with immigration. Uh, I had trouble with vaccines. Uh, not in that I am anti-vax, but in that I have a real problem with the state telling an anti-vax parent, your, your body belongs to the state. I'm wrestling through that. So I that was what we talked about. Uh, Mark was anti-abortion. And then I mentioned Bill Weld. And that's when everything went to hell. Trudy. Bill Weld was the thing on that podcast that everybody freaked out about. <laughs> so, uh, oh, that's, that's... yes. And Roger, Roger says uh, his Libertarian Party, he's, he actually claimed the Libertarian Party. It's quite the revealing episode. And oh. he's, he's like, all these Bill Weld people aren't even in the party anymore. I go, you're proving my point. Roger. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. It's it's a great. great episode. You'll have to go listen to it. But it's only for patrons. If you're ten dollars and up, you get to watch the video. Five dollars and up, you get to listen to the audio. Um, so yeah, go check it out. Um, so it's just Roger alone with the FBI informants, right? It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. We have great show notes, thanks to Sam Schultz. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Uh, great researcher. He and Hody really make up the backbone of our research team. Uh, a lot of what I say on this show is is a lot of my learning, and I go through and I do a lot of, of digging on topics. Harry has a lot of, uh, he does digging on topics. But then we've added in the research team to help us find other facts, and then we meld all that together. We publish our show notes, so you can go and check all the sources that we're looking at. We don't try to just to make it up. This is going to be a little bit more of an informative show because we're talking about two topics that a lot of people are talking about that there may be some misinformation about out there um, and helping you understand it. It's more giving you context to what's happening as opposed to telling you what we think about it. Um, and you can go and check all of our sources because Sam Schultz did a fantastic job with these notes, as he always does, on both the National Emergency and the Green New Deal. Uh, so be sure to check the uh, description for that those show notes if you want some more information. So, you know, Harry, jump in here at any time. So, okay, okay. Obviously, we've been talking about a wall since Donald Trump said he was going to run for president. We all know that. Mm-hmm. I mean. 
let's not hide our bias. Uh, how do you feel about the wall? I want it to be a big, beautiful wall. No, I don't want a wall. Walls are walls. It's silly. It's it's goofy. Uh, I. It's no, it's goofy. Borders are goofy things. Just let it's goofy. This is I, this, this is a goofy topic. Um, I have become more and more open borders. The more and more I've become libertarian. But I will say that the idea of a wall, even if I were pro borders, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it isn't going to work, and it's a giant waste of money. I might be pro wall depending on where it's built. Like I'm pro wall around Chicago. Pro wall <laughs> around. <laughs> no, it's you know, you have to understand in Indiana, right? We get a lot of crime and everything coming from Chicago. They're not sending us their best. Uh, what? Yeah, I can make this same. Yeah, 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 I can make this wall argument about anything. I could do the exact same thing here, like in Greenwood, with a, well, no Beach Grove in Indianapolis. We just need to put a wall around Beach Grove. Do you remember the government shutdown? Which one? Right, the most recent one. Okay, that the, the, the longest remember, one in history. How long ago was that to you? Feels like an eternity, but it really was like two weeks. Like, right. yeah, two, it was about three, three weeks. weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so through February fifteenth. Uh, so, anyways, uh, recently we had the five week partial government shutdown, and Trump and Democratic leaders faced off over funding for the wall on the southern border. And Trump, he refused to sign any. <laughs> Uh, any, <laughs> this is the kind of professionalism that you get at We Are Libertarians. Uh, I apologize uh, for Harry. He should not have belched into the mic. What? what it you, was what the you, pork rinds. <laughs> 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 uh, Trump refused to sign any spending bill that didn't include more than $5 billion for the wall. And so they agreed to open the government for three weeks uh, through February 15th. And uh, without money for the wall, while they negotiated a long-term spending bill with money for the wall. So Trump has continuously threatened to declare a national emergency to fund the wall, which he wouldn't have to go through Congress for spending. He would pull it from various sources. So we're going to kind of tell you what his plan is, updated as of right before we went to press here. Um, So if Congress doesn't come up with appropriations bill funding a border wall, Can President Trump declare a national emergency and build the wall anyways? The Constitution says that the government, including the president, cannot spend money unless Congress passes a law authorizing the spending. So right there, we have a constitutional problem with this. Yes. So the the form of government that we have built that we all, I guess, are still pretending exists... (laughs) Is that uh, Congress is the uh, the purse keeper? <laughs> why are you laughing, Harry? <laughs> I'll tell you why you're laughing because the next word is however. <laughs> however, the National Emergencies Act of 1976 says who was president in 1976? Jimmy Carter. Was it Carter? Yeah, peanut farmer. Yeah. Right. I couldn't remember. Sorry, I'm sorry if I had a count up. Go. I went. No, no, Nixon no. Never. It wasn't. It, <laughs> wait a minute. It's Nixon. Um, Nixon, Ford, Carter. Carter. Yeah. No. So Nixon, Ford, Carter. Ford, Ford would have been president in '76, and then Carter took over in '77. Right. Because yeah, because Carter Reagan. Yeah, Ford uh, Carter you, Reagan. Can you Nixon Carter. 
So you messed me up. I had it in my head, and you just had to say Carter. I'm like, see who signed the National Emergencies Act. It probably says it in the notes, but I'm I'm impatient. So, because uh, I would guess that it would be a progressive, a Democratic person. Ah, uh, President Chris Spangle got on Wikipedia. God. Okay. Damn it, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> Since Gerald Ford. All right. Well, I don't know why Ger- Jerry would have done that. Bro- but- you messed me up. It's Nixon, Carter, Ford, break it. No. No. No, yeah. It's no, hold on. Ford, Ford, Ford pardon Nixon. He took he was he was the vice president. Right, sorry. Right. Nixon, Ford, Carter. Got it. Yes. Right. Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, uh, Bush again, and then Trump. Let's see how far you can go back. I want you to start and go backwards. Start with Trump and go backwards. Let's see how I've, far you can get. Um, no, this is. I'm, I want you to do. This honestly, I, I think the farthest I no, could probably go back is JFK. No shame. All right. So who was before JFK? I don't remember. This is how anarchist you are. You don't even remember. I don't. Let's see how far I can go back. Okay. So Trump, Obama, mm-hmm. Bush, Clinton, Bush, mm-hmm. Reagan. Uh, it's harder going backwards. Right. Uh, Carter, Ford, Nixon, uh, LBJ. JFK, mm-hmm. Eisenhower, oh. Truman, yeah. FDR. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets fuzzy. Because he was president for so long. Uh, Hoover. I think before that was... Uh, why don't you look up the list of presidents? Fact check me here. Since you don't know. So it was Hoover. And then Coolidge. McKinley. White guy. White guy. Yes. White guy. Wilson. White guy. What do you have against white people? It's just a lot of them are presidents. I just... uh, was Harding... It, no, no, no. It wasn't McKinley. It was Coolidge, Harding, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then... Man, who was before... It wasn't Teddy. It was... Uh, it was... Uh, it was uh, from... It was Taft. Oh, man. I thought you were Taft. sick of this one. Yeah, it was Taft. Mm-hmm. Then Teddy... Roosevelt. Yep. And then McKinley, because yeah, he got easy. killed. Yeah, right. Easy. Let's see. Can I go back past McKinley? This is where it gets real hard. Because this is where you get like it's Cle- hard than easy. Uh, right. You get like Cleveland and uh like once you get to the, the Polk era, you're hosed. But uh man, okay, so McKinley. And then before that was Cleveland, right? Correct. All right, and then before Cleveland, it was. I, I'm sure nobody finds this interesting. Uh, Except the gosh. history majors. But it was President's Day on Monday. It was President's Day yesterday. Shame. So I know Cleveland, and then it was somebody else, and then Cleveland before that. Because Benjamin Harrison. Okay, all right. the The guy whose house I was next to yesterday. Yes. Uh, Benjamin Harrison's house was downtown Indianapolis. Sorry, I muted myself to That's tell okay. you that. Um, so Benjamin Harrison, Grover Cleveland. <sighs> I think I'm done after that. I think I can only get back to Cleveland. Who was wow. before that? Uh, Chester A. Arthur. Okay. Then James A. Garfield. Okay. Ruther B. Hayes. Right. And then, you know, everybody else's favorite, Ulysses Grant. Right. Then Johnson. Mm-hmm. Lincoln. Yep. Uh, 15 would have been massive forehead Buchanan. Yeah. Buchanan. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Was Polk before him? Was um, it Polk or Tyler? Franklin Pierce. Franklin Pierce. That old son of a bitch. Yep. 
All right. Who's before Pierce? Milliard Fillmore. All right. Zachary Taylor. Okay. James K. Polk, finally, at number 11. One of the worst presidents ever. Uh, he's an interventionist bastard. And he's before Polk. You said he's the worst? Man, I don't know. Nah. I wonder what we said we get back here for you further. John Tyler. Right. Uh, William Henry Harrison. Right. Okay. Martin Van Buren. Okay. Great hair. And then most people's personal favorite are AJ's Nature Fun Run, Andrew Jackson. Yeah, the old old hickory. Yep. John Quincy Adams. All right, I can do it from here. Oh, okay. So, oh, oh, you do it from here? Yeah, JQA. Uh, then before him was was Monroe, correct? Madison, mm-hmm. mm. Jeff Jefferson, Adams, and Washington. You know, you forgot one. Did I? Yeah. Okay. So Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Vermin <laughs> Supreme, <Okay>. right there. <laughs> you son I'm gonna, of a bitch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I should expend all my credit here to add Vermin Supreme. Is this page locked down? On Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's your your president. He's locked. Damn it! it I was you get to like Chester A. Arthur, you lose it. You lose it around Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought I did pretty well. I can go back to JFK. Yeah, I can't believe you don't know Eisenhower. I mean, how do you not know Eisenhower, Truman, FDR? Like, I can forgive you for kind of getting lost in, you know, Harding, McKinley, Coolidge. You know, the twenties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But FDR, man, Truman. World War Two, Eisenhower, all status. It just kind of gets it's just a state block. It's like this is just so many status. Man, this was such a diver- this is the biggest diversion I think we've ever taken on the show for no reason at all. It's your fault. <laughs> it's totally your fault. I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone. I should. Happy President's Day, everyone. Right. We've we've dropped uh, two viewers, uh, so that's how I know it was uh, bad. Um, okay. AJ AJ's nature fun run. I get what you meant by that. That is fucking terrible. You are an asshole. I did not create that. Andrew Jackson's nature fun run. I did not create that. As a person of color, you I would think that you most of all would on the program would be sensitive to the plight of Native Americans. And I am, okay? And I am, all right? And that's why I feel what Trump is doing is very scary because, you know, we could see that, you know, we could see Trump's fun run. Right. And I don't want to see that. You know? <laughs> all right. So, however, the National Emergencies Act, we are one page into our notes. We are, whoo. It's only 830. Yep. Uh, a presidential declaration, which means it wasn't even a law, of an emergency triggers a bunch of provisions that allows a president to tap funds from a number of emergency funds. Under this act, the president has complete discretion to issue emergency declarations, but he must specify in the declaration which powers he intends to use, issue public updates if he decides to invoke additional powers, and report to Congress on the government's emergency-related expenditures every six months. The state of emergency expires after a year... Unless the president renews it and the Senate and the House must meet every six months while the emergency is in effect to, quote, to consider a vote on termination. It should be noted that the National Emergencies Act offers no definition for what constitutes an emergency. So it seems so weird that Jerry Ford, after the wild abuse of power that was Nixon, 
the year that Nixon resigned over the abuse of power would institute this. And it wasn't even a law. He just said, I have the power to spend money how I want. Honestly, it makes sense because it's, hey, I do. I want to do that, too, but I'm going to do it and make it legal. Right. So how do I make it legal? You know, right. Just write it down. Now it's legal. Sweet. So side note, this act is useless and means absolutely nothing. 30 states of emergency are currently in effect several times more than what when the act was passed. Imagine that the the state grew in power. Most have been renewed for years on end. And during the 40 years the law has been in place, Congress has not met once to vote on whether to end them. Somehow I think that's going to change. That's one of the beneficial things of Trump is that some of these things start to change uh, and Congress starts to get its act together. Uh, One provision allows a president to spend already appropriated money for military construction projects, quote-unquote. There's a pot of about $10 billion available under this provision. However, the statue seems to connect this to building barracks, landing strips and other things relating to deploying troops to new locations in an emergency. Now, another provision allows a president to divert emergency money already appropriated for disaster relief, but most people see these as natural disasters, and it would be up to a judge to see if a wall fits. I'm going to guess that it won't. I'm going to guess it it does. I think think he's going to get his – he's getting his wall. Yeah. Uh, he would also declare a, quote, state of immigration emergency, which would pull funds from an immigration emergency fund that is usually used to help stated to help feed, house and process migrants. This con- f- this well, fund, it, yeah, no. fund <laughs> currently <laughs> fund and currently got messed up in a weird way. Only has about 20 million dollars in it. Yeah, but but but, but you see what it's you see what's going on, right? What? They're going to block his wall, and then... Yeah, the wall, wall blockers. Yeah, the wall blockers, and then he's going to get frustrated, fed up, and then he's going to send the military... Oh, this is just speculation, speculation, speculation. That's fine. And, hey, save, save it for after okay. we do all the facts. Then we'll, okay. then we'll right. give Sorry. you our opinions, our phony baloney yeah, you're opinions. Right. You're right, you're right. The White House has also reportedly directed the Army Corps of Engineers to look at its budget for potential funds to divert to the wall, including $13.9 billion from a disaster spending bill passed by Congress last year. So Congress can vote to overturn a declaration of national emergency using a a fast-track procedure to pass a joint resolution. An initial congressional override simply requires a majority vote, and the president then can veto it, in which case Congress would need two-thirds vote in both chambers to override it. Uh, now, if Congress were to override a declaration, there's a good chance it would be taken to courts where things like, what constitutes an emergency? Or can a president declare something an emergency simply because he wasn't able to persuade Congress to appropriate money would then be debated? Now, let's hear from an expert, Elizabeth Goatan, uh, co-director for Liberty and National Security Program, uh, a program at the Brennan Center for Justice a progressive law school and public policy institute and New York University Law School. Uh, Now, they are progressive, but not all bad. They are really helping with the fight on ending gerrymandering and uh, bringing about a fair vote. Uh, She wrote in-depth on the presidential emergency powers in the Atlantic. 
In it, she writes, a parallel legal regime allows the president to sidestep many of the constraints that normally apply. The moment the president declares a, quote, national emergency, a decision that is entirely within his discretion, more than 100 special provisions become available to him. While many of these tee up reasonable responses to genuine emergencies, some appear dangerously suited to a leader bent on amassing or retaining power. For instance, the president can, with the flick of his pen, activate laws allowing him to shut down many kinds of electronic communications inside the U.S. or freeze Americans' bank accounts. Right. There was an unfortunate spelling error on shutdown. <laughs> uh, you'll have to go check out our show notes to see what I mean. Uh, other powers can, other powers available even without a declaration of emergency, mm-hmm. including laws that allow the president to deploy troops inside the country to subdue domestic unrest. So let me repeat this. With the flick of a pen, he can shut down many kinds of electronic communications inside the U.S. or freeze our bank accounts. Mm -hmm. He or she, because Hillary's much more likely to do it than Trump, to be honest, and they can deploy troops and institute martial law in the United States. Correct. Uh, And all of those sitting there is like, I have never heard this before. Or probably thought they've heard this before, right. and it was like that was just that crazy person, Alex Jones, saying this. Oh, I saw this on Jericho. That would never happen Open. here. Well, bull crap. Yeah, it can happen, and has has it happened in certain ways? Kind of has. Troops have been deployed. Bank J- accounts have J- been Japanese. Frozen. Yeah, people have been seized. Pe- bank accounts have been frozen. People have been warrantly wireless tapped. These are all things that has happened. Just a few years ago, during the financial crisis in Greece, mm-hmm. they did what was called a haircut. Oh, yeah. They took 10% of your bank account. Mm -hmm. Every single person's bank account in Greece, they shaved 10% out of it. You had a million dollars in there. They took $100,000. Is that what 10% is? Yeah, they took, yeah, they took 10. You said $100 out of a million? $100,000 out of a, is that 10,000? Anyways, Uh, math hard. Um, right, $100, they'd take $10 out of your account. There we go. Yeah, so anyways, the haircut happened, which then just led to bank runs because, you know, people were like, okay, I got to get my money out of Greece. Fuck the government. Yeah, right, I'm going to get my get money. Out. Yeah, yeah. Which further led to even more of their issue, of Greece's issue. That's why everyone kept saying like, hey, they're going to collapse if they keep going on this. That's when the main reason people like, look at Greece, look at Greece, you know. You know, do you, are you seeing what's going on here? But most people want to like, oh, you, you're just saying the sky is falling. No, if they continue on the actions that they're doing, they're going to shatter their economy. And they kind of did. It wasn't for Germany going like, hey, play nice. I love how people think that if something happens in Greece or France or India or one of these other countries, that the government here wouldn't do the exact same thing. As if governments just are gov- go- states, sorry. states are going to stay, right? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. The United States didn't confiscate precious metals i'm sorry did the u.s government didn't do that am i did i read that bro when did they do that let's see what was it at uh in the, what, the 50s let's see if we can count Hold backwards on. all the times they've confiscated money all the time <laughs> <laughs> started under uh trump and then um yeah the uh, u.s gold confiscation of 1933 that's right yes yep. yes i remember this from my g edward griffin G-R. days oh Back when I was a real Ron Pauly. Yep. 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 The gold confiscation. The old gold, gold, gold confiscation, confiscation of 33. Mm-hmm. The gold confiscation. Yeah. Then they're taking the dollar notes and getting rid of your silver certificates. Yeah. And then taking the silver out of your, your coins. By the way, Roger said that there were no real libertarians on We Are Libertarians, the entire network. Ouch. He said there are uh, no anarchists on the network. 
Ouch. Uh, I forgot to say, he, he wouldn't let me talk uh-huh. on this League of Liberty podcast. Uh, he was just too busy ranting. Uh-huh. But you, sir, uh-huh. you are a true anarchist. Yes. There's nothing false in you when you're breaking out the gold confiscation of 33. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very um, hurtful from uh, Roger that, I know. To, that he did make such uh, uh, opinion that way. Right. Um, I figured if he, you know, come out of his, you know, lava hole and uh, <laughs> come to the Midwest, he could see the um, awesomeness, which I know. Is, I didn't say to him, you know, my co-host is Harry. He's an He's a voluntarist. Whoa, whoa, I'm not a voluntarist. What, what, I know. You're so voluntarist, you don't claim being a voluntarist. Not, uh, whoa, whoa, not voluntarist. Those are completely Anyways, moving on. Enough of this. I just, even, I like you, but, God, anarchists. I, I'm pretty close to an anarchist, but I don't say it just because anarchists are so annoying. I know. That's why you have to correct people like, oh, you're anarchist. No, no, <laughs> anarchist. I was, no. No, no, I'm not with them either. I'm just a libertarian. Let's <laughs> just call me that. Uh, because then all of a sudden you're beholden to whatever that nerd's version of anarchism is. Right, yeah. yeah, uh. yeah. You're, it, it's, it, they, they don't care about listening. They want to make sure you're uh, a clean cult member. Yeah. Right. The premise underlying emergency powers is that the government's ordinary powers might be insufficient in a crisis, and amending the law might be too slow in an emergency. It is meant for temporary expansion of power until the emergency passes or laws are changed. Now, let's think about this. All right. You and I have lived through a true national emergency. Mm-hmm. It was 9-11. Oh, I was going to think of the deflate gate, but keep going. <laughs> Remember, it was the time that Family Guy was taken off for the first time, but we came through. He, they were returned. Uh, there was the time little Debbie went oh, out yeah. of business. Uh, hostess, yeah. Hostess, yes. Hostess. Yes, hostess. <laughs> But they came back, not bitter, not bigger and better. Their their product is much worse now. But mm-hmm. at least we still have ho hos. But we, you know, do you remember nine twelve? Yes. What happened on nine twelve in Washington D.C.? Do you remember? Let's see nine twelve. Let's see. Where's the was the nine twelve rally? No, that was the next year. That was that was the that year was after old Glenbeck. Yeah, it was old Glenbeck nine twelve rally. But that year after everything was still shut. D- to, yeah. D- Dick Gephardt and Tom Daschle and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and their counterparts Trent Lott and uh, Bill Frist and uh, I think at that point Tom Delay. Mm-hmm. You know, all on the Capitol steps singing "God Bless America" together. Mm-hmm. It, they it was absolute unity, total unity. Only mm-hmm. a f- handful of people, including um, the the grandmother of my current representative, Julia Carson, voted against the war in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, a lot of those things had sunset provisions, like the so-called Patriot Act, helped, which was written by our current vice president. Mike Pence used to tout that he helped write the Patriot Act, and then Snowden happened. Somehow that disappeared from his website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a time of national emergency, do you remember nine twelve and how everybody was ready to work together mm-hmm. to solve the problems that we had as a nation? Correct. Right. They were already in lockstep to do anything that was needed to be done. Right. Uh, how many? What? Uh, how many years after nine eleven were nine eleven memes acceptable to put on Facebook? Do you remember? How, I remember the specific anniversary when you started to see normies post nine eleven memes. I don't remember when it was acceptable. 
That's, it was 15 years after. Was it? 14 people started tel- testing the waters. Mm. 15 is when people started doing, you know, you melt my steel beams. Mm. That kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. Do you, do you know what would have happened to you had your, the first year after 9-11, you had made a 9-11 joke? Oh, yeah. They would have went after Excoriated you. you. Yeah. Because it was a true national emergency. Mm-hmm. Right? So... How many people have been making memes about Trump and this wall and the fake national emergency that he's creating? Like, nobody makes jokes about a national emergency. Nobody is questioning it. Like, the thing about a national emergency is everybody in the country recognizes this is a problem, except for a few fringe people. Right. But eh, they didn't write, they didn't define what an emergency is. Sex slavery and child selling is a much bigger emergency in this country than whatever this bullshit is, Harry. So south side of Chicago again. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Let's try, get this wall built. Try Greenwood, okay? Hey, I want to get all Greenwood, Beast Try Grove. Indianapolis. Try whoa, 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 whoa. Plainfield. Try, I mean... The opioid crisis. Oh, is that already... That's probably already an emergency, right? Yeah, that's 134, right? Reinhold's... Right, like Gilbert Godfrey at the Hugh Hefner roast right after 9-11 made a 9-11 joke, and it, it you would have... I mean, it was... Yeah, he did, and he he was like underground for the longest time. Right. So, listen to this fake fake news that the the premise underlying the emergency powers is that the government's ordinary powers might be insufficient in a crisis, and amending the law might be too slow in an emergency. It is meant for temporary expansion of power until the emergency passes or laws are changed. So there was no too slow after 9-11. They were all united to make this happen. Quickly. And there, uh, until oh. the emergency passes or the laws are changed, none of them have been challenged. None of these things shut down. Mm-hmm. The 30 that we have are ongoing. Mm-hmm. It's complete nonsense that we have the president has this power Correct. at all. And this is our only chance of getting this retracted is Trump using it. Right. But it seems to the average ear like, yeah, it makes sense that the king or I mean the president Mm. should have the ability, the flexibility to, uh, you know, it's just like if you're the boss of a company and it's it's not like you're the boss of a company because you have you have the ability to kill people and your Mm. boss doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. And and the same thing is like because after 9-11, what the United States government did to a lot of their um, telecoms and communications and baking like awful things in. It's the same thing we, uh, the United States, is, a, is accusing China of doing with Yahweh, right? You know, Yahweh. Yeah, Yahweh. The, <laughs> I am the great I am. Yeah, no, Yahweh, the cell phone. The te- yeah, who I or whatever. It, I it's with an H. Yeah, yeah, I, Yahweh. Well, that seems offensive to a certain segment of our population. It's pronounced Yahweh. All right. No wonder everybody's mad at him. Uh, some legal scholars believe that the Constitution gives the president inherent emergency powers by making him commander in chief or by vesting him a broad, undefined executive power. Well, I don't think he should have that power. So, uh, in the past, presidents have cited inherent constitutional powers when taking drastic actions that were not authorized or prohibited by the Congress. Example FDR's internment of U.S. citizens and residents of Japanese descent during World War II, George W. Bush's programs of warrantless wiretapping and torture after 9-11, and Abraham Lincoln's suspensions of habeas corpus. So, 
The inherent constitutional powers that people seem to justify this with led to the internment of in- innocent Japanese people, uh, torture, warrantless wiretapping of the entire world, and the suspension of habeas corpus in the Civil War. So, yeah. I never would have thought in my wildest ye- dreams that I would hear Nancy Pelosi talk about how awesome the Constitution forefather framers were in framing the Constitution and limiting powers. It really is. <laughs> I was weird. like, am I getting a Constitution lesson from Nancy Pelosi? Uh, so if you don't know what habeas corpus is, the dictionary, a writ requiring a person under arrest to be brought before a judge or into court, especially to secure the person's release unless lawful grounds are shown for their detention. So basically, uh, he just would arrest whomever he wanted. Journalists, Lincoln arrested journalists. He arrested mm-hmm. citizens he thought were spies. Where the, it didn't the matter. Claimed if, they were spies. He didn't, he took away their right to be seen by a judge. So. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who did not know that, uh, the president has access to emergency powers contained in 123 statutory positions. For example, George, I like how we said, you know, we're, we're going to give our opinion afterwards. And we're like, I'm outraged by this. For instance, George W. Bush leveraged the state of emergency after 9-11 to call hundreds of thousands of reservists and members of the National Guard to active duty in Iraq. Uh, during a national emergency, the president can unilaterally suspend the law that bars government testing of biological and chemical agents on human subjects. In 1942, Congress amended Section 706 of the Communications Act of 1934 to allow the president to shut down or take control of any facility or station for wire communication upon his proclamation that there exists a state or threat of war involving the United States. In today's age, this could be seen as extending to the Internet, effectively giving the president complete control over the Internet and could function as a kill switch. Radio, television, the Internet, the president has the ability to control all of this under these powers. Let's not think about our time, because let's be realistic. The idea that any of this might happen in the next 20 years seems kind of far-fetched. Does it? But it took 150 years for the Roman Republic to get from where we're at to where Caesar took over. Does it? What if they used the kill switch because they feel that Russia is hacking the election, so we must turn the internet off? I mean, all right. So, you know, it could be used at any time, Harry. Good point. Uh, under the International Emergency Economics Powers Act from 1977, AIPA. I just want to just remind people of Homan's, um, Honan Square. Homan Square. Remember that? 2015? The Chicago black site? That's we. Oh, that's right. The Chicago police had a black site where they were ta- just taking people and beating, beating the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president can declare a national emergency, quote, under AIPA. Uh, to deal with any unusual and extraordinary threat to national security, foreign policy, or the economy. This allows the president to order a range of economic actions, essentially transferring export and tariff control from Congress to the executive branch. Uh, Clinton, Clinton expanded AIPA's usage by targeting both foreign governments and foreign political parties, terrorist organizations, and suspected narcotics traffickers. W expanded this even further after 9-11 through Executive Order 13-224, which prohibited uh, transactions not just with any suspected foreign terrorist, but also with any U.S. Suspect, citizen spe- suspected of providing support to foreign terrorists. Once a person is designated under the order, no American can legally give him a job. 
So if you are deemed under this act to be a terrorist, uh, no American can legally give you a job. You cannot be rented a, an apartment. You you cannot provide them medical services or sell them groceries without the government's permission. Right. The Patriot Act allowed the government to trigger these consequences just by opening an investigation into whether a person should be designated. The government only needs a reasonable basis for believing someone in, is involved with or supports terrorism in order to designate him. Uh, the person is generally given no advance notice and no hearing. Now, the Insurrection Act of 1807, uh, who was president in 1807? 1807? So, 1812, obviously, was Madison. So, I bet you that was old uh, TJ. With, uh, the Insurrection Act of 1807, which has been amended over the years, allows the president to deploy troops unilaterally, either because he determined that rebellious activity has made it imp impracticable to enforce federal law through regular means, or because it deems it necessary to suppress insurrection, domestic violence, unlawful combination, or conspiracy. Uh, look out, Alex. Terms not defined in the statute that impedes the course of justice. Eisenhower used the Insurrection Act in 1957 when he sent troops to Little Rock to enforce school desegregation. H.W. used it in 92 during the L.A. riots. Trump tweeted that he would send in the feds to Chicago after a spike in homicides in 2017. It wouldn't be that hard for a president to find a reason to send military into an American city. Now, there's also the Presidential Emergency Action Documents, PEDS, originated as part of the, uh, of the Eisenhower administration's plans to ensure continuity of government in wake of a Soviet nuclear attack. COG, COG, COG. That's, oh, it, the continuity of government is something that uh, Alex Jones has talked a lot about because way back when, uh, we, we all called it a Trump conspiracy theory that there was the deep state was out to get Donald Trump. Correct. Well, lo and behold, Andrew McCabe confirmed what I was called a conspiracy nut left and right when I said, I think that Bruce Orr, uh, McCabe, uh, Strzok, mm -hmm. Page, they were clearly trying, and even Rosenstein, who now has been forced to step down, uh, who was in charge of the uh, Mueller investigation um, at justice that there was, I, I said, I think that these people really were trying to find a way to get rid of Trump. You're a conspiracy theorist. How do you now? Andrew McCabe has confirmed it. They were looking for ways to invoke the 25th amendment. They mm -hmm. were actively looking to end the Donald Trump presidency. The very agency that is operated and ran and oversaw by the president of the United States was trying to overthrow him. It was literally a deep state conspiracy mm -hmm. to get rid of Donald Trump. Like, I just look at this and I go, okay. Yeah, and they're <laughs> paraded around right. all these shows. They're going to get book deals instead of going to jail. Right. And so, conspiracy. Alex Jones has peddled the idea that this continuance of government. Uh, that uh, we just read about, the presidential emergency action documents uh, that Eisenhower plans to ensure the continuity of government, that that has been... Now, I don't think this is true, but this is the Jones conspiracy. You'll hear conspiracy theorists and Jones talk a lot about... I'm sorry, conspiracy theorist is, is a pejorative, and I should mm -hmm. not use that term. 
Um, we're trying to be uh, more respectful of those that we disagree with. And it's very disrespectful to call conspiracy theorists conspiracy theorists. So, um, the, the, the questioners. The, basically, COG. Uh, COG, COG. These are orders to Congress that are prepared in advance of anticipated emergencies. Uh, peds are closely guarded within the government. None have ever been publicly released or released or leaked. So these are in the case of, of an emergency, how would the government function if X happens? However, according to FBI memos, certain sources and court records, peds drafted from the fifties through the seventies would authorize martial law and the suspension of habeas corpus by the executive branch, revoke Americans passports and detain quote subversives identified in an FBI, quote, security index that contained more than 10,000 names. Do you think you and I would be detained, Harry? Uh, do you think that we probably would go away? Oh, no, no, I'd be fine. Uh, no, spankle on the other hand. It's so hard being effective. Mm-hmm. They're all out to get you. Nope. In 1987, the Miami Herald reported Oliver North had worked with FEMA to create a secret contingency plan authorized, quote, suspension of the Constitution, turning control of the United States over to FEMA, appoint, appointment of military commanders to run state and local governments, and declaration of martial law during a national crisis. So basically what you see in Jericho, that great TV show that you should watch, it's on Netflix. <laughs> I have over there that I got at CPAC in 2003, my little uh, self, my little neocon self. Yeah. You see the Iwo Jima picture? Yes. You know who autographed that for me? Who? Oliver North. Oh, wow. I have an Oliver North autograph hanging on the wall, just as a reminder of what a piece of garbage I used to be. Uh, (laughs) Since 2012, the Department of Justice has been requesting and receiving funds from Congress to update several PEDs, first developed in 1989 and in 2008. Government sources told a reporter for Radar Magazine that a version of the security index still existed under the codename Main Corps, allowing for the apprehension and detention of Americans tagged as security threats. So all of Jagger Hoover's files of those who were threats to the United States government still exist. And yours truly has a file. I guarantee it. Um, yeah. Cause I probably go after the, the kids of everybody who was on. The I'd file. like to, I'd like to see if Jason Stapleton or Mance Raider or the friends against government. Let's see if any of you have a file. I, I, I measure my file up against your file any day of the week. Oh, yeah, My true. file, way bigger than Johnny Adams' file. Roger Paxton has a tiny file yeah, at the FBI. small file. Very small file. Very small file. I'll stack my file up against anybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so late Monday night, negotiation negotiators charged with hammering out a deal to avert another partial government shutdown announced they had reached an agreement in principle. Now, this was a week from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these these notes we actually had prepared last week, and he updated for me, both both sets of these. But uh, we, we wanted to do something else last week. Late Monday night, they agreed in principle. Details of the agreement haven't been released, although they may be in these uh, follow-up notes here. Uh, it is unclear if Trump will accept this new deal. Um, so... Uh, Anyways, so to the updates. On February 15th, Donald Trump declared a national emergency in an effort to circumvent Congress and fund a wall on the southern border. 
This came a day after Congress cleared a bill for his signature that prevented another government shutdown and provided $1.3 billion for 55 miles of new fencing. We're talking, uh, he says, we're talking about an invasion of our country with drugs, with human traffickers, with all types of criminals and gangs, he said from the White House Rose Garden. When he took questions later, he remarked, I could do the wall over a longer period of time. I just didn't need to do this, but I'd rather do it much faster. I just want to get it done faster, that's all. And then the president got on a plane and went on vacation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... The national emergency that he declared in the press conference, he said, I could do the wall over a longer period of time. Okay, emergencies, these powers are used for something you do quickly. I didn't need to do this, but I'd rather do it much faster. Okay, if you don't need to do it, then it's not an emergency. Uh, I'd rather do it much faster. That's an abuse of power. I just want to get it done faster, that's all. And then you went on vacation. Well... Um, it's it, see everyone wants to nitpick at that, but that's the most American thing I've ever heard. It's like <laughs> this house. is an emergency. Did he put I, it on a credit card? I need to put this on a credit card. <laughs> I'm also gonna go on vacation on this credit card. Right. Yes, I know my roof is leaking, but I want to go to Disney. I need I need self care. Yeah. Now, granted, I could probably you know save up, fix my car over the next few months, but I decided just gonna get a brand new car. It's easier this way, and I'm going to go on vacation. Have you been reading my mind? <laughs> <laughs> the president's actions clearly violate Congress, congressional's exclu- the Congress's exclusive power of the purse, which our founders enshrined in the Constitution. Speaker Nancy Pelosi said, who supported Barack Obama? Um Pelosi and Schumer said in a joint statement, the Congress will defend our constitutional authorities in Congress. In the courts and in the public, using every remedy available. I love that they're for limited government now. I know, right? Isn't it weird? Yeah. Senior administration officials said that with the declaration, Trump will have access to a total of $8 billion for the wall. That figure includes the $1.3 billion offered by Congress, $600 million from the Treasury Department's Drug Forfeiture Fund, $2.5 billion from the Defense Department's Drug Interdiction Program, and $3.5 billion from the Military Construction Budget. So, uh, they're giving him $1.3 billion of your money. Mm-hmm. They've already got from a drug forfeiture fund. Harry, what is a drug forfeiture fund? Where do they have $600 million just laying around in the Treasury Department? That's the Chapo's money. Um, <laughs> no, none of it's Chapo's money. Chapo still has his money. Um, what's, that money is money they take, they have stolen from people who have plants or are suspected of having plants or people who just have large quantities of money traveling around the United States. But you're talking about criminals who were prosecuted and put in jail and convicted of crimes, right? No, 90% of this money is from people who've never seen a day in court because it's usually the state versus gigantic wad of cash. Right. So what they do is they go and they raid you, they steal all your money and your possessions, and then you're f- never charged with anything, and they keep it. Yes, it's all called of it. civil asset forfeiture. Yep. Look it up. Yep. It will piss you off if you don't know what civil asset forfeiture is. State of Missouri versus one thousand dollars in cash. Right. How do you plead? That's not a plea. Take the thousand dollars in cash. Right. Woo-hoo. No, no, no. If you think I'm joking, they actually, those are cases. They'll do like the yeah. state of Missouri, the state of Texas versus uh, Cadillac Escalade. How do you plead? 
All right. <clears throat> Let's collect that Escalade. All right. Seize it. Uh, so uh, then there's the $2.5 billion from a Defense Department drug interdiction program. So the military uh, drug interdiction program, mm-hmm. uh, they've got that laying around $3.5 billion from a military construction budget. Uh, the House Judiciary Committee announced Friday that it would investigate the president's emergency claim while the House Democrats plan to introduce legislation to block it. That measure could pass both houses of Congress, forcing Trump to issue the first veto of his presidency. Uh, Keith Whittington, a politics professor at Princeton, said Trump has a more credible claim than he should be than he should to the necessary legal authority to bypass Congress and fund some wall construction because both Congress and the courts have been very generous to past presidents. This is where, uh, when you stop rule judging based on the constitution and start ruling on past, uh, judgments, that's when you get into, get into trouble. Right. And it's, just, that's why it's kind of shows just like copyright claims. You just got to keep pushing it. And just like, this is you will, because when they go to court, they're like, well, you kind of let someone spend more than this and you didn't check them for a non-emergency. Well, it's different. Right. I'm like, well, now we're in court and different's going to get held up now. Right. Uh, so, which is a good thing on this, because maybe the court will smack this hand. They'll limit the power of the government. Maybe. I, the government's going to limit the power of the government, Harry. This is going to be great. They're going to vote themselves out of... Do they have enough power to let power go? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, he continues, Congress has delegated substantial statutory authority to the president to declare emergencies and move already appropriated funds to new military construction projects. Now, on Monday, yesterday, uh, February 18th, the coalition of 16 states filed a federal lawsuit to block Trump's plan to build the border wall without congressional approval, declaring that the national emergency is unconstitutional. Now, you will remember from your history class that the federal government is made up of the states. The federal government did not create the states. The states created the federal government. Um, now, over time, that has uh, morphed. Uh, Frickin' Woodrow Wilson. Uh, started almost immediately with Hamilton. It sucks that Hamilton is being lionized. He's the worst of the founding generation. What an absolute garbage can that guy was. Yep, George Washington knew, though. Yep, he knew. He, he, knew. he knew. He knew. But he was too old to do anything. Should have just shot him. John Adams knew. Yeah, Andrew and that's Jackson hated him. Andrew Jackson probably would have shot him. The states participating in the suit are California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, and Virginia. With the exception of Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, the governors of the states are Democrats. The suit names as defendants the president, the Department of Defense, the Treasury, the Interior, and Homeland Security, and senior officials of those departments. The lawsuit seeks a preliminary injunction that would prevent the president from acting on his emergency declaration while the case plays out in the courts. The complaint was filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California, a San Francisco-based court whose judges have ruled against an array of other Trump administration policies, including on immigration and the environment. According to a count by the Washington Post, the court's judges have ruled against the Trump administration in at least nine important cases. The complaint argues that diverting money that Congress designated for other purposes violates the separation of powers 
defined in the Constitution. The complaint says that once Congress passes laws and a president signs them, the Constitution requires that the president take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Another clause of the Constitution, uh, the lawsuit notes, prevents money from being paid from the U.S. Treasury, Treasury unless the uh, Congress has appropriated it. So, um, I mean, any other thoughts on this? I mean, to me, it just seems like such a no-brainer that uh, this should not be uh, something that President Trump should have the power to do. It, it's it's not even my bias. It's my bias against power. <laughs> I think that I think after hearing all the things that the president can do, I think anybody would just go, nope, 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 nah, Mm-mm. nope, no more of this. Let's start reeling this in. I think if you go read uh, uh, Storm Before the Storm by Mike Duncan about the end of the Roman Republic, you go, okay, this doesn't feel very good compared to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we going to leave the next five generations? Uh, debt. Oh, sorry. Uh, you meant right. to use some... an expansion of tyranny. Yeah. Gigantic wall, which we'll have to we'll paint good. We'll paint our memes on because they've outlawed memes. You're not going to be able to have memes, kids. Yeah. You want memes? Yeah. Got to go to the wall. Read your memes <laughs> off the wall. Well, that, it's the thing. It's, I don't know. You say that they's not going to be able to do this, but like in my head, the wall's getting built. But they, I don't think so. I think the wall's think, getting built. I think you got to remember, we're in February of 2019. Democrats starting their primary mm-hmm. realistically by the end of the year to the 2020 presidential elections in full swing. Yep. Very little gets done in a presidential year because everything's so political. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Donald Trump's going to get reelected. I don't think he wants to. I, I wouldn't be, and we have not talked about 2020 yet, but I would not at all be surprised if Donald Trump doesn't run again. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I think it's perfectly reasonable for Donald Trump to say, well, the wall got built. Mm-hmm. He can spend this like he got the money for the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, get he. I uh, America's been made great again. I'm going to go back to Mar-a-Lago and here's Mike Pence or here's Eric Trump or whomever, you know. Right. You know, and then he's going to, you know, people are going to use him for, you know, demand he comes back. I, I just, I mean, I could see him not wanting to, uh, to to face impeachment, which he will. He will absolutely face impeachment if he uh, stays in. If he stays in, there's no or, doubt about it. Or he just keeps writing, or he just uses his pen to make sure everything he does is legal. That's the smart move. I mean, this is this is really where we're headed as a country, where Congress has ceded its power, and so it just is no longer going to. Um, it's not we're just not going to have the constitutional government that you learned about in school like it it is it is going to grow in executive power Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a great book by the Mises Institute called reassessing the presidency you want to learn more about the growth of presidential power that's a great book as is a book we mention often crisis of leviathan by uh, Robert Higgs I believe um who it's Denson? It looks like Denison. Denson, who wrote the reassessing the presidency. It's got a very Jermaine uh, title, but it's it's Mises Institute. They're they're hardcore on some of these guys, and it talks about the growth of executive power. It's a big book, but it's a very good book. I highly recommend. So so yeah, I I don't think the wall's getting built. I think the time. I think if if let's say Beto gets elected, 
mm-hmm. th- they're going to stop. I mean, that's the problem with using executive authority. Obama, Obama really pushes this stuff, and then Trump comes in and undoes it. And then the next guy is going to undo that. And we're just going to waste a ton of money as a country. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we're really good at that, aren't we? And it's very good at wasting money, but like, I just, I'm just, you know, it's just, to me, it's, this is, this is very rocky and scary to me. Yep. Because watching, I feel like the more and more they try to corner him, the scary it becomes for everybody else. Right. That's what, that's what I get scared about. Let me look yeah. up, uh, cause I want to actually read off the list of some of the other national emergencies. 31 national emergencies. Oh, the other like listed national emergencies and what they have they done with the money or programs that they have done? Uh, let's just give you. Uh, are and are I, you talking about the ones that are current active now? Yeah, the current. Let's see here. Uh, here's the list of 31 that have been in effect for years. So 79 national emergency with respect to Iran for the, the hostage crisis. National emergency. With the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction in 94 with Clinton. Um, That's still going. Still going, yeah. National emergency with respect to prohibiting transactions with terrorists um, (laughs) after the Jerusalem bombing in 95 by Clinton. 95, national emergency with respect to prohibiting certain transactions to the Iranian petroleum resources. Uh, Blocking in 95, blocking assets and prohibiting transactions with narcotics traffickers in Colombia. Uh, national emergency with respect to regulations of the anchorage and movement of vessels with respect to Cuba. Uh, 97, blocking Sudanese government property. Uh, w, in 2001, uh, blocking property of persons who threaten international stabilization efforts with Western Balkans. Um, national emergency with respect to export control regulations renewed. Uh, presidential power to control exports in a national emergency since the Export Administration Act of 79 lapsed. Um, that was before 9-11 when, <laughs> when Bush implemented the ability to control regulations and exports. Uh, September 14th, uh, national emergency with certain respect to certain terrorist attacks was in response to the terrorist attacks of 9-11. September 23rd, national emergency with respect to persons who commit, threaten to commit, or support terrorism. Uh, March 2003, emergency of blocking property of persons undermining democratic processes in Zimbabwe. Um, Emergency protecting the development fund for Iraq. Um, Emergency in 2004 for prohibiting the export of certain goods to Syria. Uh, blocking property of certain persons, undermining democratic processes in Belarus. So a lot of these uh, dealing with a lot of this is blocking the property and the ability, sort of like the uh, Magnitsky Act Mm -hmm. in regards to Russia, where one thing that the Americans have done to hurt Putin to limit a lot of what he's done is they are blocking the ability of people to uh, of his oligarchs essentially to trade with the united states to do business in the united states to use american banks to trade on the stock exchange to use american and if you are a russian oligarch and you have money in a british bank Mm -hmm. then the british bank cannot do business with an american bank and so they'll just turn down your business 
so that's what a lot of these are. Uh, Lebanon, Congo, North Korea, Somali, Somalia, Libya. Uh, and it's basically Yemen, Ukraine, um, Central African Republic, Venezuela. Uh, let's see. Trump. Um, human rights abuse in Myanmar. Foreign interference in the 2016 elections. So a lot of these have all been like the Magnitsky Act. And this is very different. This is a president saying, I'm not going to block people who are who, who are doing... We don't want your business in this country if you are a genocidal maniac. Versus, I can't get them to fund my wall, so I'm going to steal the money <laughs> in more ways than one to do, to do it the way that I want to do it. Correct. But <laughs> which one of these are like emergencies that they don't have time to pass laws for? Go. No, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> yeah. disagree. It's like there's time to pass these laws. But plenty of time. But I, I have less of a problem saying guys who are killing people in Myanmar oh, can't yeah. do business oh, yeah. in the United States. Like I don't agree that they should have the power. Period. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. And someone on Twitter said, "Look at this list. Aren't th- isn't this a valuable list?" And I go, "That doesn't justify the use of building the wall." Like the, this right, person yeah. was trying to say that this power has been used for good, so therefore this is good. And I go, "No, that's not how any of this works." Like he not- <laughs> used the ring of power for good these times. <laughs> right. So using the ring is good. Right. All right. I I think this is just all nonsense. So, hopefully you understand it better and hopefully you have a better view. So, any final thoughts on that, Harry? Um, cast the ring into the fires of Mordor. All right. Don't wear it. <laughs> Are those dry, boring, run-of-the-mill political talk shows putting you to sleep on your commute or at work? Are you ready for some fun? Look no further. Blast off with Johnny Rocket is a Seattle-based podcast expressing viewpoints of free markets, voluntary exchange, badass music, wicked banner, and of course, drinking. The Blast Off doesn't shy from the truth, but always brings the party. Let's rock and roll, Raylene. Bring it on, Johnny. You can check us out at thelaunchpadmedia.com forward slash blastoff. Again, that's thelaunchpadmedia.com forward slash blastoff. Launchpad Media. Always launching ideas in your direction. Let's move on to the new Green Deal. We did an we did a long deep dive into this, so we're not going to go over every aspect of the climate change debate around the, this Trojan horse that is the Green New Deal. <laughs> you can go back uh, a few episodes, uh, go back in the feed, and you can listen to the whole thing. But obviously, some things have changed with this, and we wanted to give you an update of, of information. Um, so a resolution that has actually been introduced into Congress, and these are just some of the details that you'll get in this resolution. Uh, the resolution states that the special report on global warming by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and the November 2018 Fourth National Climate Assessment Report found that, quote, one, human activity is the dominant cause of observed climate change over the past century. Two, climate change is causing sea levels to rise and 
an increase in wildfires, severe storms, threatens human life, healthy communities, and critical infrastructure. Go back and listen to our wildfires episode, and you'll hear why that's absolutely not true. Uh, number three, global warming at or above two degrees Celsius beyond pre-industrialized levels will cause, quote, more than 500, I think this is billion or trillion in lost annual economic output. Uh, Sam, I'm dumb. So instead of, he put uh, one, two, three, four, that's 500 billion, right? And then if there's one, two, three, four, five sets of zeros, that's trillion. Um, <laughs> right? I went into radio. I didn't go into math. Did go to that math school? I didn't go to, I'm, I saw an accountant last night. I was just like, God bless you for existing. More than 500. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You saw an accountant last night? Yeah. Did he do your budget or was you? Tell the truth. No, no, no. I did the budget okay. today. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, this was socially. This is, I have an accountant to do my taxes. Yeah, no, I, I did my own budget. It's not that hard. Just want, to, just want to make sure it was truth, truthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't lie. 100% truthful. Uh, more than 500 billion in lost annual economic output in the U.S. by the year 2100. A risk of damage to one trillion of public infrastructure and coastal real estate in the United States. Four, global temperatures must be kept below 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrialized levels to avoid the most severe impacts of a climbing change at which, cli- changing climate, which will require global reductions in greenhouse gas emissions from human sources of 40 to 60 percent from 2010 levels by 2030, net zero emissions by 2050. So this was a like a UN-driven report. Now, and so they've written the New Green Deal based on that report. Mm-hmm. Now, the report states, because the United States has historically been responsible for a disproportionate amount of greenhouse gas emissions. Really? Yeah, really? Not China. Not, not, not China. Not Russia. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, having emitted 20% of global greenhouse gas emissions through 2014 and has a high technological capacity... Man, they, no don't, one else. they don't want to see you succeed. No one else. It's not freaking Europe and their freaking diesel motors. Nah, 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 it's us. I'm sorry for being the richest country on earth. Yeah. Being the best at capitalism, mm-hmm. you freaking jealous bitches. I know. Uh, <laughs> go back to burning wood, right. but you can't because you want to... Uh, <laughs> I, I immediately go from, the president shouldn't have these powers to, how dare you come into America and tell me how I want to run my country? My president is Donald Trump, you European bitch. First off, historically, it's been Europe it's been, and China because they burn, like, what, dirt? Literally dirt and wood for how many years? Come on, come on. We know who's the real polluter. Yeah, we know you're burning your bogs. Yeah, come on. You dummies. Um, the United States must take a leading role in reducing emissions through economic transformation. Now, the resolution introduced in Congress says that the U.S. is currently experiencing several related crises, like a declining life expectancy, while basic needs such as clean air, clean water, healthy food, and adequate health care, housing, transportation, and education are inaccessible to a significant portion of the United States population. Uh, now, th- what? the the... the what? The resolution introduced in Congress was saying that the United States is responsible for this. So let's break this down. Uh, The U.S. is currently experiencing several related crises like a declining life life expectancy. Now, we have talked about this on the show, Harry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Is climate change responsible for declining life expectancy? No. What has been? Uh, Abundance. Pretty much. A lack of purpose. Yeah, lack of purpose. 
granted abundance of everything else besides purpose. We have, you know, freedom to go out and do extreme sports. Go ahead. Cheeseburgers. With the, the, every corner. Right. The solution to curing our abundance problem is this resolution. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so yeah, no, the climate change issue has had no impact on the declining life expectancy. It has been opioid deaths. Yeah, opioids, it's been deaths of abundance, despair. Yeah. Suicide. Or, yeah. right. And re- restricting of that. Suicides. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Res- yeah. So. Uh, or deaths of despair. Look up that word, and that's why we have a declining life expectancy, not climate change. Um, while basic needs such as clean air, clean water, healthy food, and adequate health care, housing, transportation, and education are inaccessible to a significant portion of the U.S. population. No. Okay. A significant portion of the population. See, all right, somebody posted something about these, like, these food deserts, and they did one for Indianapolis, right? Mm-hmm. And I kept looking, it's like, and they put my house in this food desert. I was like, I'm in a food desert? Right. And I was like, hold on. Oh, I see the language that they're using, and I see the metric that they use to gauge the food deserts. It's not that you're, they use a distance, they say like a mile from like a place where we can get fr- fresh fruit and vegetables, right? Yep. But it's not as a bird flies, it's as a car drives. So considering most of Indianapolis is set up as like for subdivisions and suburbs and places where houses, so you've got to drive a whole bunch to get out of the subdivision before you get to the store. So in a lot of different places, you've eaten up your mile going through your neighborhood and then you, before you get to the main street. You live less than five minutes from a Walmart grocery store. Uh-huh. But um, it's over a mile. You live 10 it's over minutes. A mile. You live 10 minutes from. It is over a mile. You're so close to the fresh market in Broad Ripple, which is like Whole Foods only, mm-hmm. hoidier toidier. Mm-hmm. Greater than a mile. It, it, it's insane. It's greater than a mile. Right. Yeah. Like I said, you run th- as you go through all your cul-de-sacs, you've cranked up close to your mile before you even hit that main thoroughfare to just get to there. Like, so It's just gaslighting. Yes. It's just lying. Yeah. Especially to trying say, to say Indiana, freaking the farm. <laughs> Like, to say to say that this is where food a, comes from. Most Americans, mm-hmm. a significant portion of Americans, which is a very vague way of saying it, right. don't have clean air, clean water, healthy food, adequate health care. Uh, you can literally see nothing on the camera because my cat's asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it, yeah. Good job, mittens. Yeah, clean air, clean housing, water. transportation. Like I'm not gonna say that we're killing it in all of those areas for the poor, but. This this is gas. This is just yeah. nonsense. Yeah, nonsense. Gaslighting. Uh, now, a uh, quote, quote unquote, a four decade trend of economic stagnation, deindustrialization, and anti labor policies have led to hourly wage stagnation, the third worst level of socio economic mobility in the developed world, the erosion of the earning and bargaining power of workers, inadequate inadequate resources for the public sector workers to confront. The challenges of climate change at local, state, and federal level, whatever that means. The greatest income inequality since the 20s. I agree with all that. That's absolutely true. I don't understand the inadequate resources for public sector workers to confront the challenges of climate change. Uh, the entire premise of a bureaucracy, of a government, mm-hmm. is that they always have inadequate resources, which is why they're incapable of solving any problems. Correct. If you if you think DCS is solving the problems of children that are neglected, you're fucking fooling yourself. 
Like you're you not paying attention. You're just not paying enough attention. If you think that the police are protecting your property and your life, you're not paying attention. Right. If you believe if you believe that the military is making the United States safer, you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. If you believe that the uh, the infrastructure of the United States is better taken care of by the in, the departments of transportation, you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. If you think that the education department has made your child's test scores better, you're fooling yourself. You're not paying attention. Like, bureaucracy has limited resources to deal with any problem. And it just doesn't work, which is why we are here and doing this show. Yeah, they have blind spots right. because they're not in it. The way that you solve the climate change problem is to innovate our way out of the problem. Correct. Which America has. Right. But but when um, people try to get in and poke with the system, that's when they have the just when they have these issues. Right. Like we were going to smaller cars that are going to get great gas mileage, but they poked with the cafe standards. Yep. Faster than what cars what people what manufacturers keep up. So in order to deal with this issue, they made big SUVs. And then they realized Americans love big SUVs. And they have to deal with the cafe standards from their small cars. So what do they do? Stop making small cars. Yep. According to her resolution, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's resolution, uh, the climate change, pollution, and environmental destruction have exacerbated systemic racial, regional, social, environmental, and economic injustices for pretty much every group. She lists a ton of them on the top of page four. Except white men. Mm-hmm. Climate change constitutes a direct threat to the national security of the United States. Always got to throw that one in there. Oh, yeah. It's for the children. It makes us safer. Like, so. It, <sighs> just rewind if you want to get mad. <laughs> to achieve the stated goal, AOC's Green New Deal includes, quote, it is the duty of the federal government to create a Green New Deal. A, to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions through a fair and just transition for all communities and workers. B, to create millions of good high-wage jobs and ensure the prosperity and economic security for all people of the United States. C, to invest in the infrastructure and industry of the United States to sustainably meet the challenges of the 21st century. D, to secure for all people of the United States for generations to come clean air and water climate and community resilience, healthy food, access to nature, and a sustainable environment. And E, to promote justice and equality by stopping current, preventing future, and repairing historic oppressions of, quote, pretty much every group that isn't white men. <laughs> Thank you, Sam, for that. <laughs> right. He's right. He ain't wrong. Ain't wrong. Uh, according to the resolution, these goals will be accomplished through a 10-year national mobilization that will require a building resiliency. Now, when you when I read this stuff, I want you to think about our previous North Korea episodes mm-hmm. and the way that they talk about their government in North Korea, and it sounds exactly like this. Creepy. I was just reading that hearing hearing the propaganda that I've seen from North Korea. It's amazing. Uh, a, building resilience against resiliency against climate change-related disasters by leveraging funding and providing investments for community-defined projects and strategies. B, repairing and upgrading the infrastructure in the United States, which, which includes... Um, 
meeting 100% of the power demand in the United States through clean, renewable, and zero-emission energy sources, Mm -hmm. of which we have told you that currently in the United States, it's around 9%. A very small percent of the United States has zero-emission, renewable, clean energy. Like the number one renewable energy source is wood burning, which contributes to climate change. Correct. So even though it's a renewable, it still gives off, you know, greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. Yeah. So building a smart... So... When we're all poor, mm-hmm. because the economy has been nationalized and completely ground to a halt, and everyone went galt and moved to New Zealand, right. and the United States ceases to exist, you will still, by law, not be able to burn wood, as your ancestors did through the millions of years. No coal for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we live in the mega city of Miami. Still can't, uh, by the way. Yeah, we're protecting Miami. So mm-hmm. you, 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 by the way, can't have nuclear either. Wait, that's the safest, cleanest bit no, of no, 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 no. But the safest, cleanest. Right. No, no, no. It, it's, it's, safest, cleanest. Have energy. you ever heard of Chernobyl? Yeah, yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. And, Fukushima? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And those were. You remember uh, all the bad things that happened at Fukushima? Fukushima was a water pump issue. The pump stopped pumping clean water in, uh, uh, to, for the cooling issue, but it was. It's but, clean. it'll get cleaned. It's solved. It's not that bad. It might have contaminated fish. It, it did not. Uh, well, but it might have. But, but it, it might but have. It, but it didn't. No, no, no. It might have. Yeah, it might have had. Right. But it did. But the important thing is that it might have. Yeah, but the failsafe. Stu- you know, but it doesn't. No, no, no. no. You're not listening. Radi- you're radi- not listening to me. The radi- it, radiation doesn't work that way. No, no, no. It might have infected the fish and it f- flowed over the ocean to the to California. It might have done that. But it, but it didn't. No, no, no. You're not listening to me. It <laughs> might have. Anyways, but it didn't. And then, right, uh, but it might have, but it didn't. And anyway, so when it comes to the like, like uh, Chernobyl, we're talking about what Soviet era, you know, uh, negligence, a size two times of London, yeah, and which, that nobody can visit anymore in the middle of Russia. Yeah, but the, now nobody wanted to go there. But well, there's the main part because like they they went and tried to fix the issue too late and then the biggest issue and the only way we can really solve it is just pour more concrete on top and just wait for it to stop. So I, I wonder, Harry, if, and I'm just spitballing here, Okay, but I'm thinking about the nature of Soviet Russia, uh-huh. and now that the wall has fallen, and we know how Soviet Russia operated, and how inefficient their entire economic system was, I wonder if things were less safe at Chernobyl because it was a public property versus a private operation. You're correct. I wonder if maybe Chernobyl's a bad example. It is. Because it was run by a bunch of communists. Correct. The best example is Three Mile Island, which nothing happened. But it could have. But nothing happened. I mean, happened. I need you to admit that something could have happened. Oh, something could always happen. Something could have happened right. at every right. solar, exactly. solar plant, which kills tons right. of bats and birds all the time. We'll see. There you go. I mean, we need and to stop solar right plants. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but the, but the thing is, nuclear is the only way forward. There is not enough lithium in the ground, right, to make enough batteries for the cars, your cell phones, and everything else, and your houses. There's not. I'm sorry. There's not enough lithium. No, no, no. Here's what you don't understand, Harry. Everybody's going to get a cell phone, and we're going to make sure that everybody has an electric car. No, there's not. No, no, no. I'm tired of the politics of negativity. It's not politics. It's the math game. No, I'm tired of this. No can't be an answer. 
It's not an. It's. No, I'm not saying no. no. There's just not enough lithium in the earth. Harry, I need you to have some vision here. I, I am, unless you know of a meteor that is just full of lithium. Okay, but this no, everybody's going to get a cell phone. I'm going to make sure that the government makes sure that okay. everybody gets a cell phone. All right, everyone can have a cell phone, but everyone can't have a Tesla. No, no, no. I, everybody's going to get a, a Tesla, too. No. And a house battery. Yeah. No, no, whoa. Yeah. No, the government's going to pay gonna, for it. No, you don't understand. No, we're just going to pay for it. They can pay for it all they want. There's just not enough lithium. That's why it costs so expensive. It's we'll just make more. You know, we're no, we'll just make more you, lithium. You, you can't make more lithium. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to Congress. I'm gonna declare a national lithium emergency, <laughs> and we're gonna fund a project to make more lithium. Can't It'll be fine, do dude. That. Just it's you not, stop worrying. Yeah. This bartender from New York has it all figured out. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do in the next ten years if we pass this: building resiliency against climate change-related disasters by leveraging and funding and providing investments for community-defined projects and strategies. Sounds like community organizing to me. Just a little. So if you and I went to AOC and said, we have a community group and we are libertarians that mm-hmm. we're going to give back to the community that's going to help climate change, do you think we'd get approved? Oh, of course. Naturally. Really? No, no. We're not a, not a snowballs chance in hell. Right. But we're intersectional. You know, I'm white and you're intersectional. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I right. Get, I get the sexual. But and, I'm, uh, I'm guessing that probably our politics mm-hmm. would play a lot into... I, I bet you... 80-20 I bet, there. I bet decision. you... I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that uh, leveraging funding and providing investments for community-defined groups probably are groups that AOC likes. And so they're going to build power bases in local communities Mm -hmm. with federal funding for bullshit projects that never get done. But groups have a lot more money to hire people to do community organizing for Democratic candidates. Those will be coincidences. They're just weird. It, well, weird coincidences. I'm tired of... I'm so sorry for being, being a conspiracy flip. theorist. Yes, you are. I'm sitting here. I it's need to have an way. open mind towards this. Correct. All right. And besides, you'll need those groups so when the power stops turning on, you'll need them for survival right. to hunt the wolves. Well, those are the people who will be handing out the food that is donated to us from China. Correct, yeah. So, Helping you fight the bobcats right. as you walk your dog. Oh, we'll have eaten those a long time ago. <laughs> I'm going to eat the shit out of some bobcats after this bill passes. I'm going to eat cougar. Geese. I'm going to eat goose. <laughs> I, there's not going to be a... My keto diet, I'm going to go full meat. That's how you know the recession wasn't that bad, because you kept seeing these geese. Yeah. It's like, the recession's not that bad. <laughs> Uh, B, repairing and upgrading the infrastructure in the U.S., which includes meeting 100% uh, power emissions, building smart power grids, quote-unquote smart power grids, whatever that means. Upgrading- it means we can shut off your air conditioning because we think you're using too much power. Oh, wait, what does that mean? It means we shut off your AC because we think you're using too much power. Meaning you want to put your AC on 62, but we feel that you're using too much, so we're going to set your AC to 80. Harry, get my gun. I'm just that's what smart power you grid is. You will not pry my it, air it conditioning like, out of my fat dead fingers. That's what it is. That's what they're talking about. Smart thing is like, huh? This person is using too much power out of the collective. Upgrading all existing buildings, all existing buildings in the United States, and building new buildings to achieve maximal energy efficiency, safety, affordability, comfort, and durability. Do you think that maybe the Central Committee in the Soviet Union said? We will build all our buildings to be safe, affordable, comfortable, and durable. Uh, like concrete? Yeah. Spurring massive growth in clean manufacturing in the United States. 
working with farmers to eliminate pollution and greenhouse gas emissions from the agricultural sector. Hmm. Whatever does that mean, Harry? Um, I hope it means GMOs because if it's not GMOs, then, you know, it's just good. They have to use all these pesticides and everything else, which ruins the groundwater. You are not going to get rid of my cow farts. That's all I'm saying right now. If they are going to try and get rid of cows, we're going to have a problem. My AC and my cows? I don't think so. Removing greenhouse gases from the atmosphere and reducing pollution by restoring ecosystems through proven low-tech solutions. No, the low-tech solutions of restoring ecosystems, that's Detroit. Mm-hmm. The crumbling infrastructure and abandoned houses have all been taken over through a low technology called nature. <laughs> just leaving it alone and just watch it happen. Right. Restoring and protecting threatened, endangered, and fragile ecosystems. I just, I just uh, get sick and tired of all these eco warriors who live in big cities. Cleaning up existing hazardous waste and abandoned sites. Uh, You'll be cleaning up abandoned sites because you'll be trying to get the scrap metal right, from the, the buildings. Yep. And M in identifying other emission and pollution sources and creating solutions to eliminate them. You know, Harry, people emit and pollute a lot, so maybe we should create a solution to eliminate them. Maybe just some sort of way so we can, cl- I don't know concentrate them into an area right okay right so we can control you know their energy consumption food consumption right you know just make sure they're green right for green reasons yeah you know and anybody who doesn't agree with this plan i think we really need to just like in the previous segment where we the fbi already has a list of people who are troublemakers right like you need to just get on board or else you know we'll just we'll have you go somewhere and concentrate harder Mm -hmm. right Mm mm-hmm so this is your last chance. This is your final solution. Yeah. The, it, the, the fact that nuclear is not on the table, because honestly, the a car, a car, right, is one. It is actually pound for pound for what it is, right? It's, it is safe. It, do, it We have gotten the technology or we're getting the technology. So it's it becomes cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. Okay. Than what it started out, but also made it more efficient and more efficient, more and it's becoming more efficient. Right. Lithium ion batteries the more they're they're almost at peak. They're at peak, right? I'm just going to say it. They're peak. They are not going to get that much better. I'm sorry. You you can put your Elon Musk Messiah down. He's not going to get these batteries any much better than this. They are where they are. Just so find tired. another battery source. I'm just yeah. so tired of you Re- can't. I'm just tired of Republicans like you who don't get it. To achieve the Green New Deal goals, it will require the following goals and projects. Providing and leveraging in a way that ensures that the public receives appropriate ownership, states, and returns on investment, adequate capital, including through community grants, public banks, and other public financing. We'll do it with technical expertise, Supporting policies and other forms and assistance to communities, organizations, federal, state, and local government agencies and businesses working on the Green Deal New Green New Deal mobilizations. Uh, we're going to do it by ensuring that the federal government takes into account the complete environmental and social costs and impacts of emissions through existing laws, new policies. Maybe rewrite a few things that are just kind of outdated in the way. In the way, right, yeah. Um, um, like, 
one through ten, maybe. Let's start with those bills. Those amendments. Providing resources, training, and high-quality education to all people of the United States. So to fight climate change, we need to give free education to every person in the United States. To train them on how to be clean. That's... Re-educate them. Yes. I think, yeah. As if, as if our children aren't already getting an education in this bullshit. Go listen to the, the first part of the Green New Deal episode. Making public investments in the research and development of new clean and renewable energy. Everybody knows that public investments, like Solara. Yeah, Solara. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Solara was a great example of, yes, you know, yes. the public, you know, Obama went out there, he touted Solara mm-hmm. and look at all the technology that they've spawned. I mean, you know, when people have, unlimited grants from the federal government Mm -hmm. like colleges for instance they do great things with the money now um you know public investment is really the way to go if you want to create solutions Mm -hmm. now making public investments uh so spur economic development deepen and diversify industries in local economies while prioritizing while prioritizing high quality job creation so spurring economic development and diversifying industry and local economies, right? So, you know, the government will give grants. I'd like you to meet the new president of We Are Libertarians. It's Harry Price. <laughs> it's, it's, I'll probably get more grants than you would. Uh, I would get no grants. Uh, I'd like you to meet my new gay trans co-host. He's black, <laughs> Harry. Uh, get all the grants. He's also, he ha- can't walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <a> wheelchair. <laughs> just, I'm gonna get so many grants out of you. Yeah. Uh, just d- cancel your Patreon now. Harry is my new Patreon. <laughs> um, oh, here's where it, here's where it gets good. Ensuring the use of democratic and participatory processes that are inclusive of and led by frontline and vulnerable communities and workers. There's nothing like. Ensuring that your plan is going to be successful, like putting it in the hands of people who have never created jobs mm-hmm. or created new technologies. I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. We'll just give these people who are not productive members of society the chance to be produ- producers. I'm sure it'll work. Yeah, I'm sure the only thing right. they're needing is that, just that lump of cash. They just need a lump of cash to make it work. A small yeah. loan of right. a million dollars. Habit, habits habits don't matter. I mean, if you have the money, then all of a sudden you just change. Exactly. Donald Trump right. was a lazy so-and-so until his dad gave him a small, small right. loan. You know. I mean, look at how many lottery winners are doing great right oh, now. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the, you know right. pillars. Pillars of their community. <laughs> uh, now, I'm for diversity, and I'm for people who are in a position of power making sure that they are recognizing that People who are in vulnerable communities could use a chance. Yes. As uh, they decide to do voluntarily with ha- their money right. and can remove their money at any time if they feel their money is not being used right. to this best of its ability. Yes. But, but when the government does it, they don't do the oversight that is required. They simply just ask for more money. But what this is saying is that it's going to uh, ensure the use of democratic and by frontline and vulnerable communities and workers really what that means is that progressive community groups are going to be put in charge of stuff poor people are not going to be put in charge of anything right the well connected in the mm-hmm. left will be put in charge right. of things yes the people who already have some measure of power 
but have some influence are going to be put in positions of power. It's a huge system of graft. Correct. Chelsea Clinton and uh, Sasha Malia are going to need jobs. Right. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the community organizers in our in our towns, the people who like who are the who run the a who ran Acorn or the heads of Planned Parenthoods mm-hmm. in your city or who are you know like I'm thinking of one lawyer who does all the law all the law work for the local unions. Mm-hmm. She's the one who's going to get the she's quote unquote a vulnerable member of a community because she's a worker, she's a Latino, she's a female, she's part of these vulnerable communities. Yeah. This is one of the most powerful women in the entire state. Yeah. She's going to be even more powerful mm-hmm. because this giant system of corruption and graft will then be used to grow the base of mm-hmm. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez using your money to do it, by the way. Yep. Um, she will control your house. She will control your the building you work in. Mm-hmm. She will control all the compliance for every job that you have. She will shut off your air conditioning if you're too using too much. And if you want to fight it, oh... Talk to the person who's getting thousands of dollars a month from the United States government that she controls. Correct. Good luck getting them to vote against it. Right. How is that not Tammany Hall? How is this not the Sopranos running? I mean, talk. we joke about the government being the mob now, but just wait if this were to ever pass. I mean, this is wild. Uh, We're going to ensure that the Green New Deal creates high-quality union jobs. That pay prevailing wages, hire local workers, offers trainings and advancement opportunities, and guarantees wage and benefit parity for workers affected by the transition. So they're going to control wages. Wage control always seems to work well. Always. Always. It didn't break any other systems. Right. Guaranteeing a job with a family-sustaining wage, family and medical leave, paid vacations, and retirement security to all people of the United States. So to protect the environment, we need to buy off local politicians. We need to buy off local community groups that believe the right things. Mm-hmm. We need to uh, create union jobs. We need to uh, guarantee that uh, uh, everyone has a job, right. whether they're willing to work or not, which was in the, the actual language. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's going to get a family-sustaining wage. So they're going to raise the minimum wage. What the wage. heck that means. Uh, they're going to give family and medical leave. Mm-hmm. So you get paid time off from the taxpayer. You get paid vacations from the taxpayer. You get retirement security to all people. It doesn't say social security. It says retirement security to every person in the United States. So we're going to to save the environment. We're going to basically make sure that we give you a giant lump sum of money and then a pension. Yes. To save the environment. Correct. Okay. So what if nobody? Oh, yes, sir. She's gonna say, "What if no one works? What happens then?" No, people will work because oh. they'll be dedicated to the idea of saving the environment. How many people right now just love the environment and are willing to do what? That people, what you don't get is that people aren't selfish like you. They don't think about their own personal incentives hmm. when they look at when they look at the struggle that we have before us. They don't think about what they're getting and what they don't get in their paycheck, like you. You're just greedy, okay? They think about how can we save the environment. That's that's what this is about. This is about strengthening communities through selfless selfless acts of public service. 
And you'll just never get it because you're greedy. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's other ways we're going to save the environment. Strengthening and protecting the right of all workers to organize, unionize, and collectively bargain. Uh, we're going to save the environment by strengthening and enforcing labor, workplace health, and safety, anti-discrimination, and wage and hour standards across all employer industries and sectors. Uh we're going to save the environment by enacting and enforcing trade rules, procurement standards, and border adjustments with strong labor and environmental protections, uh, ensuring that public lands and waters are protected, obtaining the free, prior, and informed consent of indigenous people for all decisions that affect them in their traditional territories, ensuring a, com- a commercial environment where every business person is free from unfair competition and domination by domestic or international monopolies. So, Harry, we're going to save the environment by ensuring a commercial environment where every business person is free from unfair competition and domination by domestic or international monopolies. So you're going to make, uh, you know, what's that term called, where you're only going to allow three companies or four? I forget what it's called. It's a cartel? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So, okay. Yeah. 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 But it's well, going to save the environment. Correct. We need, to, we need to take that step where the government picks and chooses who is competition and who is not. Yeah, because it's not fair for Uber to have to compete with Lime and, uh, you know, and Bird. Right, well, it's not fair. no, no, no. Taxis are unionized. And Uber, yeah. Uber treats its people pretty unfairly. That's not fair. Right. That's they have too much flexibility and it's it hurts the local taxi drivers who have to pay $250,000 for a medallion. Yeah. So which puts that money back into the local politicians pocket. So mm-hmm. um so we're going to save the environment by providing all people of the United States with high quality health care, affordable, safe and adequate housing, economic security, access to clean water, clean air, healthy and affordable food and nature. So we're going to control the food supply. Mm -hmm. We're going to control the environment. We're going to control the economy. We're going to control housing. We're going to control healthcare. We're going to control building codes. We're going to control local politics. And we're going to save the environment doing this. When do you get to the tree planting? I'm just... God, your lack of vision. So... How about cleaning Fall Creek? How about just clean the water? So here's some thoughts from our researcher, Sam. Environmental protections does not seem to be the priority and main focus of a resolution that is supposed to be about reversing the effects of climate change. Quote-unquote green, whatever, buildings, emission standards, energy sources, are used as an excuse to drastically restructure our economy and society. Many of the proposals that that are supposed to be tied to improving the environment don't relate at all. Race, education, strengthening unions. According to the Green New Deal uh, FAQ that was released, her office has now released a statement saying that this FAQ was released by mistake and was just an unfinished draft. Uh, so, so they retracted it. But according to the FAQ that AOC's office released, um, 92% of Democrats and 64% of Republicans support the Green New Deal. Uh, I'd love to see that sampling size. Uh, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want free housing, free health care, free everything? Mm-hmm. Santa Claus. <laughs> right. Uh, 
Uh, Sam says, I have a hard time believing this is even close to being accurate. This FAQ is the same sheet that included the language that called for economic security for all those who are unable or unwilling to work. Listing 12 different, quote, frontline and vulnerable communities that are essentially minority groups has nothing to do with the environment and everything to do with identity politics. And nothing in the resolution comes close to offering concrete paths to achieving this. I know a resolution doesn't have to be as specific as actual legislation, but this offers absolutely nothing in terms of how these goals will actually be met. Now, the source that Sam used for this document that we just read Mm -hmm. was 116th Congress First Session House Resolution and the Green New Deal FAQ. Oh, wow. That's a... None of this came from... So that's all? Um, not... Q, QAnon, right? Right. N- none of the information in here came from Alex Jones okay. or Paul Joseph Watson or Glenn Beck or mm-hmm. Sean Hannity mm-hmm. or the Young Turks or Bloomberg or the Washington Post. It came from the resolution that she introduced. Came with the heck it's voted on. Right. Well, actually, Mitch McConnell scheduled a vote oh. in the Senate on this. Ooh. And so he, it's brilliant because he's going to force all these people who don't want to vote for this because they know it's communism, but they know that their base wants it because mm-hmm. it's popular. Right. And so he's forcing them to say yay or nay on this, mm-hmm. thereby causing uh, a lot of division in the Democratic caucus between the base and the politicians. So. Oh, Which could cause a lot of them to lose their seats next year. Oh, this so, is awesome. It's brilliant. It was a brilliant... Mitch brilliant McConnell, move. the old turtle is... <laughs> He's just like, watch you this. You don't fuck with Cocaine oh, Mitch. Watch this. Cocaine <laughs> Mitch is is a survivor, <laughs> all right? There's going to be two things after we're all done with this Green New Deal that survive. It's going to be Cocaine Mitch... Boehner's hair. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's going to be Cocaine <laughs> Mitch and Nancy Pelosi. That's it. Uh, all right. I mean... <laughs> We don't really need to tell you what to think about this. We just read we read the resolution to you. If you think that any of this is about saving the environment, then please join the Patreon. A thousand dollars a month, and I'll get you into heaven. <laughs> yeah, I know. We should <laughs> probably plant more trees than that. Honestly, at a thousand dollars, I'll plant a tree. Crazy, I will plant a tree. <laughs> Can plant more trees. So, final thoughts for the episode, Harry. Uh, first off, you called me greedy, which I like to retort that. First off, what's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. Until I make yours mine with orange lant- light, it's all mine. I just am so tired of capitalism. And the attitude that it breeds in its adherence. Like, this is just, you're displaying late stage capitalism at its worst. Where's my Gordon Gecko? With the Green New Deal thing, the thing that gets me at, it's not the more ridiculous nature of some of the stuff, it's the naivety and the, the thought of how many people would die if even 50% of that was implemented. Yeah. The power stuff alone, the idea that nuclear's not even on the table is an ignorance on how you know how pow- the power needs of this country or the future power needs or going with electric power. They're going to restrict fireplaces. Right. <laughs> like, we're going Good to take away the power that you have, which is 
probably coal supplied. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, or we're going to coal or natural gas, coal, natural gas, mm-hmm. steam. <laughs> we're yeah, going to get rid of all of it. And then you can't burn wood either. Right. So how are you going to keep yourself warm? Like you don't understand, like you cannot, I'm just, right. this is the, this is the folly of socialism. Correct. I'm I'm not on the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez train that she's a dumb person. I just don't think that she is intelligent enough to run all of human society, like all of humanity. Right. Like yeah. I just like the folly that there is someone that there are people so skilled mm-hmm. that will go to work for the government that will have the ability to control every aspect of human life mm-hmm. in the United States. There isn't anybody who has that capability. Like as much as I respect Mitch Daniels, for instance, he doesn't have that ability. Nope. Like, they're, human beings are fallible. Like, yeah. I, I just don't think that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is smart enough, mm-hmm. nor is anyone, to design a system that can completely revise the economy in 10 years. Like, it's so right. foolish. It, it, this could have made more sense if she was talking about more of a producing new nuclear power plants and getting away from fossil. That makes a sense. That makes yeah. some sense. That would make sense. That makes right. perfect sense. And give us the, electri- the power needs we need. But it, it's not there. Yeah. Uh, also, congratulations to Mitch Daniels on another tuition freeze at Purdue. Another yeah. one. Another tuition freeze yeah. and raising wages at Purdue. He's doing amazing at uh, Purdue. He's he's one of the smartest humans that I've ever I've ever seen. I mean, he just Mitch Daniels is in a class of his own in this country, mm-hmm. and it is a shame that he's never run for president. I'll tell you off air why he didn't, but. He should he should have been president because we would have all been better off for it. Yeah. So the only reason that Mike Pence ever had a successful run as a governor was because he followed Mitch Daniels for eight years. Correct. I mean, Pence was terrible as governor. Yeah. He and all Pence needed to do was to say nothing, do, do nothing. nothing, and he still couldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So R- look do, up Riffra. You know. Yeah. Just <laughs> drive a truck around. Right. You know. Look cool. You know. Put Photoshop his face on Mitch Daniels on a motorcycle once or twice. All right. have been fine. Final, final thoughts. I told you what's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. Until I make yours mine with orange light, it's all mine. All right. I have no other final thoughts. Uh, thank you to Sam for such great notes. Uh, I will be honest. I did not do a ton of prep, and I felt that uh, he really carried the show, and he usually does. Uh, so my head has been other places for the last uh, couple weeks, and so it is great to have people involved in We Are Libertarians that can help out and can uh, help you put together a great show that helps you learn a lot. So it's it's nice not having to do it all on your own. You know, maybe this Green New Deal thing, you know, where we're all working together, has there's a point. Uh, so... Thank you to uh, all of you for listening to We Are Libertarians. If you got something out of the show, then please share it. If uh, you're so moved, then please donate to our Patreon and support the program. It only continues. Uh, you only continue to get these aha moments if we continue to do the show, which we only can do if you continue to contribute on Patreon. So thank you for joining us here on the show, and we will see you. Well, I'll have a daily up uh, tomorrow, so we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Are you tired of banging your head against the proverbial wall of politics and getting nowhere toward actually making your life more free? Are you tired of interview podcasts that have the same guests as every other libertarian interview podcast out there? Are you tired of hearing the same news stories that you can hear on the mainstream media? 
Then you need to listen to The Lava Flow, where we don't do politics and we don't do the major stories that exist only to divide you. We talk about news that affects you and your freedom, and we work to find solutions that can actually help you to be more free. LAVA stands for Libertarian, Anarcho-Capitalist, Voluntarist, and Agorist. And if you consider yourself to be in any of those categories, all of those categories, or just interested in learning about them, then the Lava Flow podcast is for you. Check us out at thelavaflow.com. The Lava Flow podcast, channeling the flow of information to the Libertarian, Anarcho-Capitalist, Voluntarist, and Agorist community. Thelavaflow.com.